You're entering a safe space for freedom of thought and opinion. This is Voice of the People USA Radio, where free speech thrives and political correctness dies. Engage your mind. Obliterate the status quo. Only free thinkers allow. Your voice is your first line of defense against tyranny. Do not be silent. Stand by for some politicshock. And now, Voice of the People, USA Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Voice of the People USA Radio, live on the shittiest internet platform in the world, blogtalkradio.com slash USA. My name is Dan Spurglio, and, well, most of you know me by now. And I am calling in from the road, from the road. So I will not be on the majority of the episode. It may be a little bit different. I want to thank Carrie for stepping in and running the show along with Mike Jacobson, along with Dave Wazalewski and Herbie Clark, when everybody's on. I want to welcome everybody to this edition of Lockdown Radio. Don't mind the fascist book event settings and how it always gives wrong numbers and everything else. It just sucks. Everything Facebook sucks. I want to remind everybody to please, please, please give us a like, a follow, whatever it is, on Facebook at the Voice of the People USA Radio fan page. Stay up to date on upcoming shows, things that we're going to be doing, changes we're going to be making, announcements, all that good stuff. I tell everybody this because I'm proud of it. Again, a forever shout-out and thank you to Kevin. Please visit dopusaradio.com, dopusaradio.com. The website is up, it is active, and it is evolving. More changes to come. Nice to actually have it instead of just a landing page. Follow us on Twitter at VOPUSA Radio, also at Dan Spiriglio. Good luck spelling my last name. You could all figure that out. We are live on Age of Radio Network. Thank you all. Also, the Titans of Liberty broadcast stream. Thank you as well for sharing us and broadcasting us live. One day I'll get those links up so everybody else can see. Want to thank our friends. I want to thank our friends over at. I always say this wrong. Radio. Europe.co for broadcasting us live in Europe, and of course we are heard live throughout the world. And that, if you, if you hear a GPS, that's how you know that I am the most unprofessional radio guy in the world, and that's okay. So I don't know if you could hear that over the air or not, but if you do, I'm sorry. It's as annoying as a block dog voice. Anyway, I want to thank all our friends listening to us all across the world, from the Philippines to South Korea to Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Ireland, England. You know where you all are. Thank you so much for sticking with us and tuning in. I want to thank everybody that we got to meet last night while using the podbean.com First time ever on the show with Carrie, our conversation with Carrie. 
I was very, very impressed with how that went last night. Minor glitches and little changes that need to be made here and there, (laughs) you know, understanding some things, but it was really cool. It was an awesome experience, made a lot of new friends and a lot of new people that are going to be a part of the family, if you will, as I continuously refer to it as, and only I make myself laugh with this, the voice of the people, multiverse, because I like saying (laughs) that. It humors me. Okay? The VCU. (laughs) I kind of like it. Quiet now. Thank you. We have one of those people in the chat room right now, Dan. I can see them. It's pretty cool. Nice, nice, nice. Well, listen, seriously, we had really good engagement last night on Podbean when we were tremendously unprepared. And, you know, that's a learning curve, a learning curve, you know, learning a new format, a new system, a new platform, if you will, but it was really cool, and I liked it. So welcome to all of you that decided to migrate over, because a lot of you out there are like me and like many on the line right now. We hate when GPS talks over you. We hate blog talk radio, but right now it's a necessary evil, so we will use it for the time being. I'm excited to announce that new shows are... I don't know if anybody else can hear the GPS. Can anybody else hear the GPS talk, too? Boy, I haven't hear heard anything yet, Dan. I've heard it. I hear a good echo from you, too, but that's what happens when you call on the phone. That's just part, part of the process. Well, Damn, you've got great ears. <laughs> I've That's got these. Good. Believe it or not, these headphones are actually pretty expensive, so I can hear pretty well with them. Even though this microphone crapped out on me the one day, it's, it's still pretty pretty good. Well, Mike loves Mike. Um, so <laughs> with that, I want to I want to bring up something. And again, you can find us on obviously on Spotify at Voice of the People USA Radio. You can find us on Anchor.fm at Voice of the People USA Radio. You can find us on iHeartRadio on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Podcast One, on Boxer. We are everywhere. So on the website, you'll see a lot of links to that and a lot of areas where you can find our show um, and listen to the past episodes that date back all the way to, I believe, 2009, 2010. So it's uh, pretty cool to have the whole archives up, running, live for people to listen to, and there will be more coming. Obviously, joining our joining our family of ever-growing wonders, we have Carrie and Kevin doing their own separate show, which I love. It's different. It's non-political. It's just anything and everything. We have, obviously, the conversation with Carrie, you know, our rise above the noise or the calm before the storm, if you will, which airs <laughs> on Wednesday nights. We are going to be debuting... No, Herbie, I sent out the Podbeat one separate. Learn to check your email, sir. Uh-oh, yes, I'm, uh-oh. I'm scolding Herbie via messenger that's popping up my phone and interfering with me talking. He's Learn coming. The I, I, I'm working on links. it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I had to do it, Herbie. So, because <laughs> I will scold you in real time. <laughs> Seriously, though. Um, we're going to be debuting The Uncensored Truth which I'm excited about. Yeah, I apologize. We were going to do it last Sunday, but we kind of realized after the fact that it was Mother's Day, and people have more important things to do than set up a radio show. They have to better be with their mother on Mother's Day, so that's our fault. We should have checked ahead before we announced it. We're definitely going for this Sunday, 
And uh, after yep. that, it's going to be a little sporadic when we can get it, but we're going to try and come up with a regular time in the future afterwards. Yes, sir, and I look forward to that because that's a long time coming. And obviously, Elisa Diaz, she's in the process now of putting together production, the back-end stuff for her shows as well, which I'm excited about the differences that are going to be between the two. It's going to be something unique, something exclusive, and something exciting. And there's a lot of good things forthcoming. And I just I, I urge everybody to follow that page on Facebook, as I affectionately refer to it as fascist book, and to obviously, obviously, obviously continue to follow us on the website, the BOPUSARadio.com. And I also want to discuss something real quick or just bring it up to Podbean. I don't know our own show link. I honestly don't. I know that sounds pretty unprofessional, but, hey, I'll always be honest with all of you. I can't say podbean.com slash I don't know what it is. I've seen it once. You'd think I would have looked at it again. But I did it because it's been a very busy week. So we'll try and keep you in the loop. Uh, keep looking at the Facebook Voice of the People USA Radio dot com. Oh yeah, Voice of the People Radio dot com Facebook page, and we'll try and keep everyone informed as best we can. Yes, on Podbean dot com, if you search the Voice of the People USA Radio, you will find us. And I want to explain to everybody what's going on there. You'll see two public channels for Voice of the People USA Radio. That is where you'll find our past shows from Thursday nights and other shows as well. Podcast, my one-off podcast that I do where I rant Ray for three hours alone because, yes, I can do it because I continuously talk. And it's that network, that public channel is going to be devoted to the political shows. The second public channel is the DOP network. That's something I'm very excited about. There will be a separate website coming to or sub, whatever it may be, subdomain to play into it as well. But the VOP network, the other channel is going to be the channel where we're going to have, as I said before, a multiverse of shows, the different shows, the different podcasts from anything from, you know, social issue talk to entertainment to whatever it may be. We are building a network, a true network. It's been my vision since 2007 come to life in 2009, me and Mike working on it since 2010 and building it up to the point where it's at now, where we have finally reached that pinnacle of we're getting attention, we're getting distributed, and we have a lot of big things coming starting the first week of June and obviously leading into the fall. So there's a lot of stuff being added, but what I want, what I discussed last night on our show, Carrie, is the fact that I want this to be an exclusive place for people to come and express their creativity, to express their opinions, whatever it may be, to be a part of something where they're not going to be censored, controlled, dictated to, something where they're able to be free and put it out there to the world. That's what I want. That's what I've always wanted. And that's what we are effectively doing. So that's just a little understanding, and we will break that down more clearly as the next two weeks come, basically because Podbean is a different beast and we're learning it. And we may have a new platform or system or way of doing things soon as well, which will only make things better. We'll also be doing live streaming with video as well. So you'll get to see the faces. I'll be wearing a mask. Um, Mike, what are you wearing again? A box or a bag? Uh, I'll be doing a couple of various things. One's going to be a box with eye holes cut out. 
Um, yeah. You know, basically from week to week, I plan on changing this around and make it a little bit interesting. I have a, a I like voice that. for radio. I have a face for radio, Dan, not for a video. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. So me and Mike are the ones that don't like change when it comes to that. Hey, Dan, I got the the website for the Voice of the People on Podbean. It's just Voice of the People, U.S. Radio, usaradio.podbean.com. That's confusing. (laughs) It is. But they're all confusing. But thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If we could just uh, highlight that a few times during the show, it would be great, because I want to drive more to Podbean. Gary, I'll let you handle that one. Gotcha. (laughs) It was was an experience to behold last night that we had a lot of engagement from a a lot of different points of view, and it was really cool to meet the people we met. We have a caller on the line already. Outstanding. Um, Bear with me. Um, Caller, whomever it may be, just enjoy listening to the show. You'll be let in shortly. But, again, I just can't speak enough, you know, speak highly enough about the experience we had last night. It was really cool, met great people, and there's a lot of good things forthcoming. I'm excited about it. And, again, this is is a labor of love, also a labor of the wallet. But, nevertheless... It's worth it if you're able to do something that's uniquely different and build a separate brand from everything else that's out there. That's the goal. That's the intent. With that, I need to say something. And I'll try, I'll try to be as diplomatic as possible here and, and not scream like I usually do, for those who are familiar with me. But, you know, I want to thank the heroes out there. I want to thank the people on the front line, like all the commercials say, you know, all, all the commercials and the radio shows and the radio commercials and the billboards and the newspapers and the magazines and the political campaign commercials and everything else that we think. I'm now in North Carolina. Welcome. And I, I just, I, I want to take advantage and say thank you to the heroes. Think for one second. I'm talking the freaking nurses and the doctors that they want to raise money for. Listen, nurses, doctors, EMTs, paramedics. Actually, there's a, there's a, there's a separation there, okay? Nurses and doctors, we do appreciate what you do. Thank you. But what you're doing, Absolutely. it's a special talent. It's a special gift. But you are not special. As far as I'm concerned, the EMTs and paramedics are far, far more essential than what you do because they are the true first responders, okay? Agreed. Let's also don't forget to give a shout-out to the truck drivers of America who are keeping our country going as best they can right now. Because uh, without them, yeah, everything would be all. shut down. God bless and them. Because, exactly. yeah. Not all, but I'm Dan, not done yet. I am. Oh, oh well, you stop talking, so that's not fair. You yeah. know, I could hang up on you. I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You have the power. Oh, powerful. <laughs> you tell them, Gary. <laughs> I don't, hey, it's all good. It's your first time for everything. But, Go ahead, listen. Dan. <laughs> I want to say this to the people who 
the real, you know, the doctors and nurses that also come out and expose the truth about what's going on that get censored and blacklisted and lose their jobs and get laid off or furloughed, you know, and not the doctors and nurses that are doing their Vine and Twitch videos and their little Twitter things and partying in their empty hospitals. Yeah, but let's let's send you more money because you need more money. You need everybody's money as they're losing the job. Let's send you money, send you money, send you money. Every hospital. Every EMT, every paramedic, the reason why you have the supplies to survive and do your job and to save lives, honestly, is because of the real heroes of this country, the truck drivers. The truck drivers that are out there every day, and as I've gotten to experience firsthand today in multiple states, truck drivers away from their home for not just their normal one to two weeks, but an additional weeks on top of it clothes where they have nowhere to piss, nowhere to shower, nowhere to eat, vending machines empty due to COVID restrictions, can't weigh in, can't do nothing, right? Treat truck drivers like absolute shit. Do you know how many truck drivers now are actually unloading all their own freight because nobody wants to touch it because of COVID-19, right? They are working triple and quadruple time to keep this country moving, to keep this country thriving, even in its weakened state, if it wasn't for them, there is no America. And that also falls in line with the other people who don't get enough credit, but all those people that make minimum wage or get paid barely, and I'm not the, you know me, I'm not in this universal basic shit, I'm not about to fight for 15, but you got it anyway, thanks to a socialist majority in the House, right? But the people who work the gas stations, that work the the rest stops traveling, not the rest stops, excuse me, they're mostly closed. We know. The hmm. travel centers that get paid shit, but they're constantly there to try to provide, even in the most damning of circumstances, circumstances, excuse me, for the truck drivers. It's a sin what's happening to them. It's a sin mm-hmm. that we don't see commercials hailing them as heroes hailing them, thanking them, thanking the, the minimal, the minuscule, excuse me, that's the word I'm looking for. The people that everybody looks down on, the ones that work at the gas stations, the ones that work at these little places, right? They don't exist. They're low, low-hanging fruit, right? It's the low-hanging fruit that literally it blossoms the economic anything, anything, the growth, the continuation, whatever it is that keeps this country moving and they get no credit. It's disgusting because they do not matter to the powers that be, and I'm sick to death of it. They are treated like absolute trash. So this glorifying of our big pharma puppets, not all, is, is done by design, and it's beyond nauseating. And I also got to give a shout-out to the other big winners here, because lest, lest, lest we forget, we were going to ask the age-old question, you know, and I, I never signed an NDA, but I worked the census in 2010, right? And the big contest testing, I'm making up words here, the big issue of contest was, well, they wanted to include citizenship as a question on the United States census. We can't have that. We're going to the Supreme Court. Luckily, though, and magically, the pandemic, oh, excuse me, the pandemic happened prior to that, and now... What do we see? Thank, thank the first responders. No, we don't see that. Thank the frontline heroes in the hospital and get them more of what they need because now you could do the census online. Congrats. You beat the system yet again. So more 
America-hating, disgusting, socialist-loving bastards will get more money, more districts, more members of Congress, more shit allowed with them that they don't need, and they'll continue to grow and continue to strangle the very liberty that this country was founded on because they were able to backdoor it in by design. By design. So congrats to them, the census. Another winner in this. And lest we forget, as I said last week, and I will stick to it, lest we forget the climate idiots. And again, I say this all the time to illustrate a point. Somebody called me a climate denier. After I laughed and I made fun of that person in the worst possible way, I assure you, I don't deny there's a climate. Duh. The, the global warming crowd, this is another one that has benefited from this. I'm actually working on doing a pretty in-depth expose on this one, which will be our first here, but that's going to fall into the policy of truth banner, which will be coming very soon. But, 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 but. So many hands, so many, so many um, people pulling the strings, if you will. Look who benefits, look who thrives, look who gets rich, and look who suffers. It's the majority of the citizens of this country, the majority of the actual blue-collar workers of this country. You are irrelevant to the greater plan, to the technocracy, the globalists, the World Health, the UN. You don't matter. And I'm going to say this again. I am all about prioritizing our freedoms, prioritizing America. But I got to say, when the U.N. admits it, there is a problem. The U.N. now estimates that over 130 million third world citizens will die due to the economic slowdown slash depression in the first world. So as they claim, and their virtue signaling continues, 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 they claim to care about the world, care about the sick, care about the mental health situation. They don't. I say this every week. I'm going to repeat myself every week because I'm trying to drive a point home. They want death. They want death, death, death. Population reduction at any cost. You are expendable. I am expendable. Nobody, nobody matters to them except their own special interest and their own self-interest. Remember that. Start seeing it a little bit clearly and wonder why I'm constantly bringing this up because it's important to note. It's important to realize. It's important to see the many prongs of this attack. This is an attack an attack on not just the Western world, it's an attack on freedom. It's attack, it's an attack, I can talk, I can talk, on our own sense of self. Why am I talking so weird? Are you driving and talking at the same time? Yeah, it's annoying, right? That's probably part of the issue. Don't chew bubblegum. The division, I'm not. I'm good. It's the division that they want, that they seek, that they crave, with the inevitable death and reduction of numbers. This is all a game for them. This is all done by design. And again, I defer, I defy, and I heard an alarm 
background there. That's her thing. Saying. I missed that sound. There it is again. I want that, to say. That means one of our favorite hosts has come online. <laughs> Friggin' anybody. I, 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 I lost my train of thought there because I'm honestly. I, I'm so scattered. I'm not scattered brain. I'm just, I, I have so many different emotions that just kind of like boil over. And there's so much I want to say. And a three-hour format isn't even enough. And last week, by the way, for those who do listen to our show on the replay, we are allowed to live stream three hours on blogtalkradio.com slash USA. But after the show, myself and Mike actually did a whole hour that's available on demand because you're allowed to record up to an hour after that. So I would advise people, if you want to hear some interesting stuff, to please give that replay or replay the show and check it out, give it a listen. Because it was a very good conversation we had about a lot of different things. And I just, I was proud of that. So I figured I should throw that out there. But little things like that, you know, what I'm getting at at the end of the day is there's so much I want to say because there's, there's so much wrong out there. There's, there's so many things. So many dimensions. This isn't 3D chess. This isn't 4D chess. This is a sick, perverse distraction and destruction simultaneously. And it's just, I can't let it go. It's like I'm obsessing on this because I'm, I'm enraged by the fact that so many people still, to this day, they still go along with it. And they still buy into everything they're, they're being sold. Tell me. Tell me, I defy you all, tell me that these commercials, all these commercials, all these commercials, all this propaganda was not recorded in advance. It was done. It was in the tank, so to speak. It was deliberate. It was decisive. It was known. Realize that. Sometimes when they're being so blatant and putting it all out there on the table right in front of you, it's because they know and they feel and they believe that you are dumb enough to absolutely miss what's being done to you or not care enough. Well, Dan, you actually and made a happening. good point. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you made a point earlier because I don't want to get too lost in what you're saying here. You hit a lot of subjects, but you were mentioning about uh, you know how they use propaganda and all that. And you mentioned climate change. And guess whose favorite poster child for climate change is now becoming the poster child for COVID-19? COVID-19. That is now part of an expert panel for CNN on a debate, a talk about COVID-19. How the hell does that happen? It's because they have a child who they pretty much can control. They've manipulated and getting her to say whatever they want her to say. Oh, no one's talking about climate change now. Quick, start talking about COVID-19, little girl. That's what we're paying you for. Yep. Don't think for an instant that that's not happening. And they're using this kid as a way to manipulate you into believing what they're saying about what's going on. That's what it is all about. It's manipulation. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. And, and that's, and, and listen, I know I, I said I was going to do this quickly, and I'm 27 minutes into my, my tirade there, but I'm happy that you brought this up, and I'm happy you touched on that because there's so much more to that as well. But I just want people to understand that it's, so obvious and it's so deliberate and if you go along with it, if you simply abide by the, the the willing servitude 
that you are now part of the cancer. You are now part of the problem. And I believe in everybody that's listening to the show, turn, asshole. God, people can't <laughs> drive. I was waiting. Live for Road Rage brought to you by Daniel Spriglio. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Freaking idiot. Anyway, anyway, to the people listening out there, whether you love or hate me, my cat, whatever. That's irrelevant to any of us. What we want is to expand your thinking, to implore you to question things. You don't have to fit a political ideology to have your eyes open. I respect all of you out there, whether you wish me dead or not. I respect the fact that you tune in. If you tune in to hate us, I thank you for the, being a closet supporter and adding, you know, fucking our numbers up. But nevertheless, you listen for a reason, not just your obsessive hate or your obsessive this, because you yourself inside have questions and you wonder and you, you think about these things, whether you want to admit it or not. Challenge yourself to be different than the crowd. Stand out, stand up, and think logically. Look deeper. Do your damn research. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family, and you owe it to the future, if there will be one, of this country and this world. Now, if you don't think you, you know, if you don't have family and you hate everybody and hate everything, well, then that's, you do you. You're just a dumbass listening to this show and increasing our ratings, so thank you. Hey, Dan. the rest of you out there. I need to, I need to I need to step in on that one because you know I have to I have to admit something to you. One thing that you you know I, I like to listen to a lot of the things you say. I, I I tell you that I like to keep an open mind. And one of the things that you you mentioned last night on on our show was like you know you brought it up and you've said it a couple of times talking about how um, the the virus was you know you know created and it was you know released from the lab in Wuhan and I'm just like oh, and and I will admit that I I've kind of like mm, I don't know that I really believe that and I will have to admit that today I was swayed um, because I definitely finally saw um, well I don't I wouldn't say it was a legitimate article because you know everyone has different differences of opinion but I, I saw an actual uh, article in uh, several articles actually today I, I finally took some time to look. And one in Newsweek, as a matter of fact, which most people will accept as fairly legitimate, um, talked about yeah, how, right. and I'm going to, I know, but um, I, there, the, the people were talking about how um, apparently Dr. Fauci actually um, had been in the, with the uh, NIH, Funding. had been uh, doing mm-hmm. some of, no, before that, had actually been doing some of the research uh, involved in this mm-hmm. whole coronavirus situation. And apparently, yep. um, it, during the Obama administration, some scientists had raised the alarm about like, oh my God, this is way too fucking dangerous yep. to play with. And so the Obama administration had shut it down, which then the NIH transferred the research to Wuhan um, and paid them like they said like three or four million dollars, which in my mind is not a lot of money uh, to be handling such an extremely dangerous thing. And then, hello, here we are today. So I was like, holy um, fucking shit! You're 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 almost on point there because me and Mike have actually spoken about this for weeks, and I'm happy to see it start resonating publicly and getting out there even by uh, leftists news sites because they're losing control of the narrative. So they have well, to start of course, that's usually what happens. There. The leftist news sites create a false narrative. They push it for weeks upon weeks upon weeks, and then suddenly they start releasing they the fail. truth. And 
pretending, oh, we're still being responsible. We're telling you what we know now. They knew about it weeks yeah. ago. They just didn't want to right. tell you that. Right. And but I had, but the thing is, the, is, you couldn't find, I could not find that information anywhere except for the extremist sites. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, like I need to that, find. That's usually how it happens. That, that, that's the plan. Yeah. Make it seem, put, yeah. put it in extreme circles, make it seem like it's a big conspiracy theory. And then slowly but surely, yeah, release right. the information that backs us all up. But they yep. they simultaneously made fun of the conspiracy theorists to get you to ignore them, and then solidify themselves as telling you the truth and later on by reporting what they actually knew from the start. Right. Yes, and that is something that we will dedicate perhaps a good chunk of, of next week to, because we can go deeper into what you're talking about. Because me and Mike have known details on that, which we. We have, believe me, we're not sitting here like, prove us right. We're sitting here saying, prove us wrong. But right. unfortunately, the things we say that people attack us for, as we go by, they stop attacking because they start mm-hmm. seeing it on their own and seeing things leak out and seeing things right. come out. We know a lot of the details about this. Well, we when you, realize when, that when you these, hear me be quiet, that, that you know that's why I'm like, mm, I don't really agree, but I, I, I'm not going to say that because I don't have the information to back me up. And that's why I want to do the research because I will never come out and say someone, no, you're wrong because I want to know the facts. So that's why I'm just like, yep. okay, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. So I, I feel that more if more people did that and stopped like, just like, no, you're wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> Can't we just have a yes. – that's why I like having discussions like this because you need to be able to educate yourselves, and people have lost sight of that. Yes, and that's what we talked about last night. That's what this should be. That's what this should always be, no matter what it is, no matter what political ideology, no matter what you – religion, whatever. It should always yep. be a free speech zone and a free – or safe space. There you go. A safe yeah. space <laughs> oh, for God, can I discussion make bear? and conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to always be an area like we had last night. We had differences of opinion on the on the show represented yeah. in live time, and we all benefited from it. We all had a great discussion. That mm-hmm. is what makes things better, and that is what they hate and despise more than anything else. Right. People coming together is the greatest threat to the agenda at play and being rolled out. That's why they need to separate us. That's why they need to distance us. That's why they need to control and make us obedient. Believe me, there's a lot more there. I remember I, I could go way into the Wuhan thing. The Obama administration did not transfer authority. They just simply cloaked the authority. And the actual scientist from China, the female scientist who created the now known as COVID-19 in 2013, funded by the NIH, funded by the Obama administration, funded by two conservative think tank groups, and funded by the UN, um, she has now since been disappeared in China, just and that is on record too. Um, people could wonder where she went. She was unpersoned or thrown into a black site in China. That is not conspiracy rambling. It's actually true because nobody knows where she went after she actually spoke about it publicly. Um, so there's many there's many people at play with this. But the former lead scientist from America, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I have it written down at home. Um, she was one of the lead scientists from America, and she worked at the Wuhan Bioweapon Medical Research Facility. Um, she magically left the Wuhan Bioweapon whatever, whatever, whatever facility, and she is now the, hang on, she is now the expert and the official fact checker for everything COVID-19 
we're Facebook. And that is not just me saying it. That can be verified by AP. That can be verified by Facebook public disclosing. That can be verified by Newsweek, New York Post, New York Daily News, New York Times. It's actually out there. And, again, they put it out right there for the world to see, and nobody looks deeper and nobody pays attention because it's actually a thing. So when they go to such great extremes to silence doctors, silence nurses that tell the truth, that come out there and just put, not even taking a side, Kismika Corbett? I, you know what, Kirby, when, when you actually talk here and I shut up, I'll let you bring that up. I don't remember if that's the name. I think it may be. I, I wish to God I could remember so many things in my mind right now, but believe me, we'll we'll put it out there because it's very, it's real. It's literally out there in plain sight for everybody. So they go to such great lengths to control a narrative and to, you know, fact check people like us who question things just because they need to shut that down because it's verifiable and they don't like that. So what this all comes down to, what it all comes down to is do not lose the ability to talk to each other, to reach out to other people, and to discuss things openly and honestly, and stop being puppets with them. That, that, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Open your eyes to the truth because it's everywhere. It's freaking everywhere. But it's up to you to do your due diligence. We'll provide you a platform. We'll provide you a place to go and bring anything and everything up. We'll provide you with the opportunity to be heard. But you also have to do the research yourself. Fact check us. Again, we want to be proven wrong. Myself and Mike have said this for years and years and years. Even on things we didn't agree on. But we've always said the same thing. Prove us wrong. Please. You think we want to be right about any of this stuff? And we're not looking to be right, wrong, whatever. We want to be wrong, honestly, because it's so sick and it's so perverse and it's so deliberate and it's so obvious that it's, you don't want to think people to be that evil, to be that power-hungry, manipulative, destructive, death-obsessed, but they are. It's the sad reality that you have to face and accept. So please, 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 please look deeper. And when you call into this show, I can't recite the call number because I'm not looking at it. Call I can give it if you want me to. And you, go ahead. 515-605-9832. Thank you. You're welcome. When you call in, when you want to have a discussion, don't bring, don't bring stupidity. Bring intelligent conversation, discourse. Rational thought. Rational conversation. Let's just screaming be done by somebody like me, all right? But I'll talk to anybody. All of us will talk to anyone. This is a place where you can be heard. And when they try to censor us as much as they have, okay, there's a reason for that. We're not claiming to be the new Alex Jones. Hell, I want to be something more than different. We're not claiming to be anybody other than ourselves. Providing something unique and different. This is a place where you actually start in a conversation, call in and be heard, and discuss anything and everything, and you will not be silenced. But do the damn research and look deeper. That's it. 
with that, with that, now that my five to ten minute intro has, well, let's be honest, it's 40 minutes, um, I just, again, want to take a moment and thank Harry for coming into the Thursday show to help out here and run the board. I want to thank Dave. I want to thank Herbie. I want to thank Mike, obviously, Elisa. I want to thank everybody for for being a part. And I just want to thank all of you. I broke it down last night on Podbean, and I will do an actual probably separate little podcast or audio clip and something and break down my my actual vision for all this and what's coming to light and what's coming to be. Because I think, I think I made a good point the other night when we were talking, Carrie, and I think I've, I've been trying to illustrate that point in different ways. And sometimes it's, uh, it's a little bit hard for me to put it out there because I get so emotional and passionate. But I will do a, a little summary of what this is all for and where it's all going. In the meantime, I thank all of you for tuning in all of you for putting up with the many kill shots that Vlog Talk fired, that they all fired, you know? The many things they've done to silence us. The many times you've been censored on Facebook. Remember, we were being censored. I, I, I was removed from Facebook in 2007 before it was even a thing, right? They've been after us completely for a very removed? long time. What was that? You were, com- you were completely removed? Oh, yes. Uh, in 2007, 2008, 2009, and 2010. Wait, so you um, weren't was, jailed. You weren't put in Facebook jail. You were completely no, no, removed. Removed. I was a test subject early, yeah. And okay. the, the America Rising page from our rallies and shit where we, we had, at one point, I think it was like 112,000 people on that page, just removed, no strikes, no warnings, nothing. Um, wow. Yeah, yes. I've lost my personal account many, many times. Um, I, I make a mockery of it. I'm literally on Facebook at a protest. That's why I call it fashion book. I post on there. Right. And I, I outwardly say, and I, if you notice, when I do put posts up there, I say, fact, when I put the post, it's on my wall. Daniel Sverglio, it's on my wall on Facebook, the name of the doctor, the scientist that now does fact-checking for Facebook. And I actually put on there, go ahead, Facebook, fact-check this. And they didn't. But they did the post before and the post before that. But they didn't do it on that one because wow. you catch them red-handed in their own bullshit. So I'm literally on there out of a deep-seated loathing for Facebook and I do it right. and I don't hide it and I put it out there blatantly. I challenge them because we were one of the first ones to get massively censored and unpersoned wow. and disappeared. So there's a reason for that. And I'm proud of that. And that's what, that's what I mean. I'm proud of the fact that we've struck those nerves because it's helped me grow as a person and it's helped this vision grow. So understand that every single person out there listening, no matter where you are all across the world, no matter if you're new, old, been with us since 2009, been with us since yesterday, been with us since today, it doesn't matter. I genuinely value and respect your time and your effort to take part, to listen, to share, to like, whatever it may be. I appreciate your willingness to at least listen to something different, which is what we are, because we're unlike anybody else. Any other show, any other thing, we always will be. I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the audience that we have. And that's just my thing. And I want to remind everybody, I'm going to actually shut up and let you guys talk. I'm going to hang on the line if that's cool. But I want you guys to talk. I really, really do. Um, 
I appreciate it. Is that because you're almost me. to your destination? <laughs> no, we still got another hour to go. Oh, no, he's make sure if we talk about it, then he can chime right back in. How long is the total what drive, Dan? Um, nine hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, see, from my house, when I go down, I'm, I'm going to be right on the border of, of um, South Carolina. I think it's called Ocean Isle, or I think it's called Shallot is yeah. the actual name of the town. Like and 10, 12 hours? Uh, it says 11, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because you're, you're going a little bit deeper, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm learning yeah, as I go here. We're leaving about that deep. 3 a.m. Monday morning, and then we're hopefully going to be down there by 3 p.m. for check-in. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. It's a cool trip. And believe me, you'll, you'll get to experience the, the thing that I got to experience today. They just shit all over the truck drivers and many others. And it's, it's a sight to behold when you drive, uh, pay attention to what's going on. That's crazy. Different states, I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, politics. because like it does something that I don't think anyone ever really thought about is with the truck drivers. I mean, like without them, yeah. like you said, like where would the hell would we be? And and I, I know that they I, I've seen a couple of stories, very small ones about like like an Applebee's or, or whatever saying, you know, we we've got you. You know, if you want to call in your we'll come to your truck. We, we are going to take care of you. But like that's very few and far between. I'm sure that's it's unbelievable. Like without them, we'd be done. Honestly, we'd be done. Honestly, I want to put this out there, and I don't care who does it. I don't care who, whatever. Is that stupid thing, pound sign? Oh, sorry, hashtag, whatever. (laughs) It shows my age. Pound sign? Um, Hashtag? hashtag. Sharp sign if you're a musician? Dan, I hope you have your walker in the back of the car for when you get out. Shut up, asshole. (laughs) Anyway, listen, 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 listen. I want to start a national thing, a national campaign, a national anything, but trucker appreciation or hashtag thank a trucker, whatever it may be. Because they That's it, a great idea. Crash it, but they get no play. So I don't care if we put it out there, somebody else runs with it. I don't care because it needs to be done. And that also involves the other employees who make minimum wage and work at these gas stations and get shit on nobody talks about. These are the people that deserve to be thanked. But seriously, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, without truckers, like you said, Carrie, like I said before, like we all say, this country shuts down. Believe me, they want their self-driving trucks. They want their robot this, their robot that. Technocracy, technocracy, technocracy. They've always wanted it. But without our truck drivers, this country ceases to exist. Understand that and appreciate that. And we should lead that. We should do something with that. I don't even know how the hell they get a, a, a viral campaign started. I've gone viral before for my yelling. I don't know how to actually get something to go viral. We, this this will show you all our age. You know, me and Mike, you know what we did? You know, 2007, 8, 9, 10, we went out and held rallies and, you know, had like thousands of people and tens of people and hundreds of people, you know. <laughs> most we did it most that of them were tens of people, but. <laughs> no, no, not the early ones. We, we had a few good ones. We, yeah, we had a, we had a mixed bag. It was cool. But like I always said, one person shows up, it's a success. You know, and then we go have a rally with 10,000. It, it didn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like, it was, it was so cool. But I love activism. I love activism. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love grassroots activism. That's, that to me is like the core. That's, that's what fuels me. But I've tried to take that and harness that into this platform and to take that same passion and that same fire and build that into another platform where we could essentially 
the activists on multiple levels. So that's all I'm saying, but something needs to be done, whether it's the dumbass hashtag thing or whatever it is, thank a trucker, trucker appreciation, whatever. Everyone's essential. Just stop buying into all this bullshit. I see so many superhero memes with the doctors and nurses. And listen, like I said, God bless. I, I appreciate what you do. But I honestly, I truly and sincerely, I value the paramedics and the EMTs and the firefighters and the cops more than I value you. And at the end of it all, at the end of it all, truck drivers, they're my number one. My number Definitely. one. And I have no connection to it. Mm-hmm. But it just, it, these things need to be said. All right? And again, I still go back to two things. The movie 1984 playing out in real time. And hmm. also that old Twilight Zone episode that I shared on my fascist book wall that's still there about the obsolete bands. Search for that on YouTube, even though I hate it. Find us on YouTube at Voice of People USA Radio. Um, <laughs> search it. Watch it. Twilight Zone was one of the greatest shows ever, as far as I'm concerned, because it was so forward-thinking. It, I mean, that man was a visionary, but it, it's kind of scary. But the, the one episode with Burgess Meredith, the obsolete man. Everybody needs to see that. They need to see that. And just think, does this apply to common, you know, current day? Yes, 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 yes. And in closing again, I've spoken about it before. I brought up the trailer before, but I finally watched the whole movie, Contagion, and how overwhelmingly blatant it is. Everything from what they say in that movie, from what it's, 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 that was their dry run in 2011 when the Chinese movie studio put the movie out and put it out there for mass consumption. That was their dry run back then. I'm not, I'm not endorsing a movie. I'm saying how sick the movie is because how that movie literally is, is playing out in real life right in front of us right now. Because, again, they foreshadow everything. They always foreshadow because they're testing you. They want to make sure the populace is dumbed down enough that they fail to miss it when it's right in front of them. That's what they want. That's what they do. They try to rope you in, suck you in, manipulate you, and then boom. And they profit off of you. They profit. They profit. The movie Contagion now is getting more rents and views and shit than it ever did. It was a failure of a movie back then. But now it's getting seen by the millions, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon have to come out. Oh, that movie has nothing to do with current day. And, you know, donate to Democrats. Kiss Bill Bill Gates' ass. Because they're scumbag Hollywood dumb shits that don't know the first fucking thing about life. They're assholes. They're puppets. They're pawns. They're nothing. They're sickening. They're filth. They're toxic. They're sheep. They're obedient, rich assholes. Then you have somebody like... Lawrence Fishburne, who was in the movie, and at least he was mad enough to say, I will not go on record and condemn that, condemn, excuse me, i got to say this correctly. He did not want to go on record with Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow because he doesn't believe the same narrative that they're speaking about in current day. And he implored people to question everything and to look deeper. Good for him. He had a real-life Morpheus moment. Good for him. Good for him. There's somebody that obviously is truly woke, like a James Woods, like a Kurt Russell, you know, people like that. But good for him. But, 
again, if you must, go watch the whole movie. They like to do their little ad libs and little, you know, sensationalizing it, but from the everything, from terminology to what it is, what the disease is, the coronavirus, all of it, the bat, and uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's literally the script for the pandemic. Pandemic. Literally 10 years before, well, nine, excuse me. Right out there. And people dismiss it. They'll pay attention, but they don't know. Again, it's out there for you to consume and to see that it's deliberate. Right? Know your history and know what they do to you and know what they're trying to do to you. Wake up. Because pretty soon, I still can't quote it perfectly. I will share the meme. Meme. The dumbass name. I'll share the image soon of the saying about, you know, first they came for, but I didn't say anything because I wasn't, whatever, was the last right. line, and then they came for me, and there was nobody left, you know? Right. I sound like Joe Biden there. We are the people, and you know the thing. Anyway. But you That's get not what fair. It also sounds you like George Bush with the whole fool me once, you can't, you know, that whole thing, too. Come on right. now. <laughs> Be equal. Mm. <laughs> Oh, please. I, I, I don't <laughs> you even know like what I'm about talking Bush. about. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do know. I, no, I, that's not why I'm even being silent. Because the fact that I supported George Bush as much as I did before I was dumb enough, as we were holding rallies as an outed Republican and getting protested by the very same Republican Party that we were actually supporting – and advocating mm-hmm. for and getting attacked by conservative groups more than the freaking MS-13, more than the freaking uh, Nazi assholes, more than any of them, we were getting attacked by our own, by conservative groups. And I, I'm ashamed that I wasn't smart enough or I was naive to not really grasp the full concept then. But I learned. So, no, that's why I get that way when you bring up George Bush because – he really was just a puppet bitch of his father in the New World Order movement. And it's sad to say that, and it's sad to say, but again, say Patriot Act, and say Medical Patriot Act, that's all you need to know. And it's disgusting how we sold out and hoard out our freedoms, and hoard out our civil liberties, and hoard out everything that made this country into what it is. And unfortunately, he was a perpetuator of that, along with his piece of shit father. So... That's all I got to say about that. So, yeah, um, literally everybody listening, uh, I, my open is now at 54 minutes. Um, <laughs> that wasn't intentional. So We're all used you to it, to Dan. Quick, it's okay. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I got to stop that. But if you want me to do a quick station ID before I go silent and let everybody else talk, I can do that for you. Or I cannot. It's up to you. Well, you've got five more minutes before the ID, so you might as well handle it while you're here. That works. So go ahead and talk for five minutes, and I'll do the, you know, let everybody know who we are, where you can find us, and then I will be on mute and listen to all of you. All right. Well, the one thing I want to talk about that you also brought up was are the uh, the truckers and the the convenience store workers, which actually are pretty much I not like I hate using the word heroes because heroes has been like bashed over our head left and right. But uh, I told you the story earlier today, Dan, at the place where I work. And yep. I to, it's a casino slash travel plaza and that. And uh, we're having a very hard time finding staff. And the simple reason why is because we're not offering $15 an hour, which is exactly what the uh, the unemployment benefits right now are paying people. 
And virtually every employee person that came in that was potentially interested in the job was like, well, I I'm, might only be for a few more months, but I can make 15 bucks an hour just sitting at home right now. So I'm not wow. interested in taking your job. And uh, we wow. had, I don't want to say how many people we had, we had a good, good number of potential interviews. And most of them, once they heard how much we were offering, were like, nope, 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 nope. And I can only think of all the small businesses that have already closed down and how many more are going to have to close down because they're short of mm-hmm. employees. I mean, I, I forget what the actual numbers are. I think they said like a hundred, between 100 and 150,000 small businesses across the nation have closed down already. And with this, they're probably looking at about another 100,000 closing down within the next three months because they can't get employees to cover, you know, basically cover the work shortage. And uh, there, there's nothing that tells me that this was not a planned planned event with them as far as what, what they set the uh, unemployment benefit ask, benefits at. And it's a push for 15 without having to pass any laws or anything like that. Basically, it's like, well, if we can artificially pay 15 people $15 an hour and not have them realize it's not going to last that long, then, we, then we've won by default. And unfortunately, they're winning right now. I mean, businesses cannot keep wow. themselves staffed because they can't afford to pay $15 an hour to people. That's something that should be well-known to everybody. But as long as the state keeps promising, hey, we'll give you this free money, sit at home. Who's going to suffer? The people that are creating Mike, the job and giving people – what's that? What state are you in? Louisiana. Oh, okay. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the average pay in Louisiana per hour, like the normal job? Um, I mean, we have factory jobs out here that pay a good amount. But, I mean, we're talking about just the, the smaller, like the mom-and-pop shops and places like that. Right. And uh, the factories, I, mean, I think the average pay for factories is like 16 17 bucks an hour. It's not bad if you them. And what's but your minimum if, wage? Seven twenty-five. I uh, just looked it up. Wow. Yeah, that's the same as yeah, seven twenty-five. Yeah, but I mean, even, even with convenience stores and that, it's yep. usually like eight fifty-nine dollars an hour. But uh, people just don't want to take that when they know they can sit home and collect an extra six bucks an hour. Right. For, well, um, they're making double that, home. more than double that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a deliberate war waged against small businesses, basically to keep keep everyone dependent on the larger corporations that are backed by the government. And uh, it's going to struggle out. The, uh, get, it's another step to smother out the middle class. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see how people don't see the writing on the wall of these sorts of things. Wow. That's pretty obvious. And if you're a small business owner and suddenly you're forced to pay every employee 15 bucks an hour, how are you going to compete? You can't. No, there's no way you can. I think you should stop somewhere. <laughs> Wow, and so it, it, I was just looking. Well, no, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I mean, it's basically. It, I I think it's like I said. It it keeps people that can do well for themselves. It, it's destroying their livelihood. It's creating a horrible situation for anybody who doesn't want to work for like the WalMarts or the Amazons of the world or any of that. Right. And uh, it, it's it's a situation that's not gonna resolve itself for many more months to come. I mean. I, I can go into about the suicide rates and things like that because that's I think all that a lot of that's going to be attributed to this too. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you get a job, I mean, if, if you're working for a big place, you decide you want to settle down and maybe work for something a bit smaller. That option is going to be off the table in the very near future. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that a lot of people like to like to do. They're like, oh, you know, I like working for these big companies, but later on, I like to work for something smaller. And you no longer get that option. You're now a slave to whatever you're doing for the rest of your life. Period. And uh, it's that it, it's just going to get worse and worse. And sadly, for the people that have actually like done all the work, created their own business, put in a lot of hard work for it, that they're seeing their whole life 
life dream shattered. And I, I feel horrible for those people. I mean, they, they work their asses off for this. Mm-hmm. And even so a small restaurant, a bar, what what have you. I mean, there's, there's a lot of work with those things. I mean, don't, don't anyone try and tell me that there's not. Having been a person who's gone through a lot of that stuff myself, I can tell you it is. And uh, you're basically getting your your life destroyed by something you can do absolutely nothing about, and by, basically by government decree. Think about Mike. This. What's what's Think your? About oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Carrie. I, I was just going to ask. So, Mike, what's it like? Like, I mean, I've I visited Louisiana a couple of times. I've been to New Orleans. I love New Orleans, and I've been out mm-hmm. in the the you know in the towards i don't know outside of the the city of new orleans a little bit but what's okay. it like to live down there like what's the cost of living like like where you live uh, and i don't know where nor and louisiana well, you I, live, live just like, outside, I live just outside of baton rouge so for me it's actually pretty okay. reasonable because I, I i would i had the fortune of having enough money to uh, scale from where i wanted to live and i basically mm-hmm. did it based off how much it's going to cost me per month to you know exist and uh you know for me i could you, I hate to say it, I could comfortably live off of ten dollars an hour. Not that I want to earn only ten dollars an hour, but if I made that right. much, I could well, comfortably live off wow. of it. You know, well, that's at awesome. least down here yeah. where I'm right. at. But uh, you know, when you get into New Orleans, when you get into Baton Rouge proper, the cost of living goes up quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And right. a lot of people that work at the place where I'm working, they they don't have luxury of, of being where I'm at. And right. for them, it's it's a hardship. But fortunately, a lot of you know. I give credit to the people that work there because a lot of them have the common sense to realize, hey, you know, I could go, go on unemployment, I could collect, yeah, but a couple months from now, I'm going to be without a job, but I don't want to go through that whole hassle again. I'm like, that's right. the smartest, that's the smartest right. mindset you can have right there. Absolutely. That actually makes me think about what you said, Carrie, uh, quite a while back about how much you and Kevin pay for your very small apartment. Oh, in the city. God, I remember yeah. you brought that up and you said how much you pay. I was like, I, I almost didn't believe you. I was like, there's no way he's paying that much. And I looked it up and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And you know what, Herbie, like, that's like, that's like one of the cheaper places, which is insane. And we actually are uh, rent uh, stabilized. I, I don't mind telling you, like we fucking pay $1,700 a month for a one bedroom apartment. And we live in Harlem. It's not like we're like the bougie, like, you know, Upper East Side or anything like that. It's fucking insane. One bedroom. Holy shit! And like it's yeah, it's not that's big, the right? The square footage use. is small. You said. Oh my god, the square footage. I think we tried to figure. Kevin, what was the square footage of our apartment? It was like four hundred twenty square feet, some shit like that. It, it, it's seventeen hundred dollars like, a month. Yeah, <laughs> and that's rent stabilized, meaning that like they can't like raise it more than like whatever the rent control board says, which is like usually like one or two percent. So. Right. So. So yeah, and so there are other apartments around this because we were we were talking about the situation, and we're like, and because we're paying, so we're we're really lucky that we 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 got a, a you know because you know northeastern Pennsylvania is really cheap, and so we 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 were able to save money. We we bought a house here, and that's where we're holed up right now, and but we're still paying the rent for the apartment because you know our jobs are there, but like right now it's remote, and so we're like, oh my god, it's it's because it's killing us because we're renting, we're still paying for this apartment, and we don't even live in it right now. And and we're like, can we let it go? And uh, we're looking at like, well, right now, you know, they're they're saying that you know, if anybody who um, can't afford to pay the rent, you know, they you know they're they're not like evicting anyone until like August. And like, so that's you know, okay, so there's going to be people who can't afford it. There are they going to evict people? Like, what's what's going to be like the state of of rents at that point? Like, so should we like get rid of the apartment? And then like, so they can actually like save some money. 
And then like, if we wind up having to go back at some point, I'm, I'm assuming at some point I'm going to have to go back as a teacher. Then like, do we try, maybe will rents go down? Like I, it's, it's insane. It's just, it's crazy. And it's just like, and then at that point, maybe Kevin, who's a software, you know, engineer, maybe he can go completely remote. Maybe I can walk away. Like I, it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. We pay more for our rent in, a, in New York than we pay for the house and the property taxes, the school taxes, everything. It's, it's fucking insane. So your, it's, it's, your I, entire mortgage payment is less than your one little bedroom apartment. Yes. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, we're, we're very lucky I, and I, and I can't, I can't stress that enough. And, but I mean, I've been teaching for 25 years. So like, I mean, New York city, ridiculous prices. And, and I can't, I can't complain. And I know people are, are, are living paycheck to paycheck and we we're lucky that we have the ability that we have, but like, it's, it's insane. Like what they expect people to be able to live on. And the only reason that we're able to do this is because of our careers right now. I don't know how people can do it in New York city. Like, I mean, like if it, it, it just, it's, it's insane. Like unless you have a crazy paying job um, and neither one of us, you know, have a crazy paying job. I mean, combined we do, but like by myself, I'd be okay. Like, but, but still like having to pay $1,700 a month rent for a tiny little one bedroom apartment. But like, again, at my age and like my 25 years of teaching, like that's insane. Like, so how do you how do these people who come into the city, and and they, they start you know like you know trying to find a job. That's why you have like young professionals, people who are like you know trying to make their way. That's why you have people living three and four people sharing like an apartment, you know, who don't even know each other, like because they can't afford it. It's it's crazy. It's just I, I it, it 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 just doesn't I, it doesn't even make any sense. And I don't know what people are going to do in that city right now because. There are so many people who are going to be evicted and, and I don't, and this is something I wanted to talk about. I, I, and I don't, I, I'm, people are like, oh, I don't feel sorry for the landlords. Fuck them. Well, that's not true because not all the landlords are these big, you know, corporate landlords. You have a lot of, you have landlords who have like a small building that maybe only have like four apartments in the building. They have a mortgage. They have taxes. I, I just read an article about a guy in Chinatown who has, has, Two, two mixed-use buildings. So he, the one building has a store in it, like a little store on the, on, the, on the first floor, and the other building has a restaurant. And then the rest of the, the, the bu- both buildings are just apartments, but they're small buildings. There's only like three floors. And he has the two buildings because his grandfather bought them. His property taxes are due at the end of this month, and they're like $250,000. So his, his, the businesses haven't been paying rent. One hasn't paid since April. Um, the other ones, the other one didn't pay this month. Like his tenants are screwed. Like how does he make the, you know, his payment? So like, this is not just like a, like, you know, like, okay, you know, all these big, you know, you know, cause a friend of mine was like, well, let's, let's, let the land- landlords like to put the bill. They can't, it's not all these big companies. And then the landlords, if they owe money to the city or if they owe, if they have a mortgage, then now the banks have to say, well, the banks can take a hit. Well, no, not necessarily. Like who knows? I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's insane. Like, I don't even know how we get out of this fucking mess. You know, and, and I, I want to bring something up. It's a little off topic, I guess, not completely off topic, but it was in contrast to what you said, because you, you're actually very humble. Like you said, you, between you and your husband, you have a very good income, but you were mm-hmm. humble about it, the way you said it. And I, I think it kind of brings to the point where I don't know who's listening right now. Hopefully somebody's listening. Cause I would love for someone to call in about it, but 
you guys didn't get this handed to you. It, you worked for this. Right. Back when yeah. you were well, teaching yeah. me in Delaware Valley, you and <laughs> yeah. at that time, Mr. Patterson, were not doing what you and Kevin are currently doing now. No, no. You know, and you were both teachers. You both had a good, solid income, but you were newer mm-hmm. in your careers. You know, you, mm-hmm. You've earned what you have. Like you said, you're, you're 50, you're in your 50s, correct? Yeah, I just uh, all right. Easy there, Herbie. I just turned fifty. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. Like this, this has been, you know, over time, yeah. and 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 yeah. Kevin has has went to you know college, and and God knows yeah. how many years of college you have. Yeah, way too many. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and then you yeah, got no, so many people no. out there that yeah. think that there should be a second stimulus check, and that it should be two thousand a month for twelve months. And no, it's and not supportable. It, Right, but but it's 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 not even just that the the, the fucking entitlement. <laughs> yes, yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like like I said, I mean, it took you this long to get to where mm-hmm. you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and then you you know all these other people that hasn't even graduated fucking high school wants to get two thousand dollars a month because they're talking about sixteen year old yeah. kids getting this. Yeah, it's insane. No. You know, and, and it's just I, I just. I don't know. I can't. Imagine no, how, how many lessons on uh, fiscal spending and that the kids that are 16 are going to learn getting $2,000 in free money every month. Exactly. I mean, That's what I'm trying to say. They're, right. they're really going to know how to manage their bills after that one. Oh, my God. They're going to go, they're going to go back onto regular regular life. They're going to have to get a job, and they're going to be bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 this is setting up an entire generation for a complete Failure. unrealistic situation. Like, they just don't it, – it's, it's insane. It really is. And, and I, like I said, I'm always having conversations with people, like, about the whole – people are so mad about the, the unemployment versus, you know, essential workers. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm all for hazard pay. There is some hazard to this to, to a degree, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at. But a lot of people that are on unemployment – we're making a thousand plus a week anyway. Like they're not sitting back making more right. than you on unemployment. Because they were making way more than you when they were not on unemployment. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and, let's say, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go, go Herbie. Talk. Oh, but like I'm saying, if, if you like, let's, or let's just say Kevin couldn't work remotely. I'm sure mm-hmm. he would collect the max on unemployment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would get the 600 and I'm sure that would be less than his weekly check. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, so why should a man, and does he have a master's degree? He does. It's an education, though, because he was a teacher first. And so he, right. he did a boot camp thing. Yeah, so he doesn't, I mean, I don't know if that would even count. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. But he has a master's degree. So tell me why someone who is stocking a shelf at Walmart, and no disrespect, they are essential workers, and without them, that would mm-hmm. be a problem. But why do you think you should make as much as a man who, or a woman who has a master's degree? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the funny thing you're talking about this is, and, and so like the, just to be clear, I mean, New York city, you know, you get paid a lot more there because the cost of living is so much more. Of course. Um, so, so Kevin had uh, just, you know, gave me some information here. He was talking about this one guy that he knew who was um, uh, a teacher and he said he was living with four other teachers. There's five teachers living mm-hmm. together in a five bedroom apartment in Brooklyn back in like 2010. And each of them were paying like over a thousand, about a thousand dollars a month in order to live in a five bedroom apartment with, you know, each other. So five people sharing a five bedroom apartment, $5,000 a month. And that was in 2010. Like, right. I was going to say, cause that doesn't like, sound very high. 
No, yeah, no. So $5,000 a month for a five-bedroom apartment in 2010. So, like, you, you have right. people sharing things like that. Like, so it's, it, it's, so, you know, I mean, so someone who hears, and, and like I said, you hear, like, you know, the salaries in New York City are, like, they are insane. And I, and I do, do say, you know, like, starting salary, for instance, and I only know, I can only speak for teaching, like, a, a starting salary in New York City was, like, I think it's, like, just right fresh out of college, like, a four-year degree is, is somewhere around, the, I think, forty-eight dollars or $50,000 now. And that's right. insane amount of money, like, especially, like, if you're living in Louisiana, if you're living here in, in Pennsylvania, where, in a lot of states, like, in Tennessee, like, people who have been teaching for 15 years in some, some states don't make that much money. But right. I mean, you know, again, it's different, but like, um, it, it's, it is just, I, I don't know. I don't know how you even expect to help understand. Like I said, and I work with, uh, with, with high school kids, I work with juniors and seniors and we're talking about college and career readiness and stuff like that. And, and so you're handing people things like this, like you said, Herbie, and it's just like, there's a, there needs to be a reality check. And when that happens, cause it's going to happen, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a hu- hugely rude awakening. And, and then what do we do? <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's going to be crippling to some people. Some people are not going to know how to function. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? exactly. Have, have you, have you, you know, being that you, you know, you have that generation right in front of you. Have you ran into many people with that entitlement, you know, thought process? Um, <clears throat> I've seen some entitlement, but not quite with like a salary situation. It's weird um, because I teach in, in like the South Bronx. And so the kids there are uh, like, they, uh, even the kids who have, have it better, don't have it very good. Um, I'm not saying that all of them are like that. There are a couple whose parents are are like, you know, have like, have better careers. Like, like, you know, I'm thinking of one student who I know is it got accepted to uh, SUNY Oswego and he's, he's going to go away to school and his mom's a nurse. And like, so she makes better money. Um, but right. there are a lot of kids who like are living mostly on, on um, like, you know, mom has maybe got a job or dad or whatever, but like they're, they've got a lot of extra handouts and stuff like that. The entitlement right. that I see um, from some of them, not, not, not all and not a lot, but I do see some entitlement where the kids expect things given to them. Um, like when we were doing before all this went down, like, so we have like um, senior dues, like at our school and it might be like $125. And that includes like the, the graduation, like the cap and gown, they get their like diploma case, they get like a, a t-shirt, like they get like their, you know, it's a nice, like, uh, like the, the graduation, like they get like, you know, there's like a luncheon and they were right, like $125. Yeah. They're like, I'm not paying for that. What are you talking about? And it's like, what? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So you don't, so like other schools, like they expect you to pay dues. Like there's like a senior dues thing. And, and, you know, you get your yearbook for that and everything else. And it's like, wait, so you don't want to pay 125. Like that, that blew my mind. But yeah, I can watch these same kids every morning come in with their bacon, egg and cheese sandwich and their drink or whatever. So, I mean, that's the kind of entitlement that I would see. So, I mean, it's not like a huge entitlement, but it's, you know, the little stuff still pisses me off, you know, that, that little bit. So that's, that's what I would see. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just can't get over the like I said the amount of people that want to be paid so much more money, and yeah. and, and then and, and then you get the people that and, and you don't hear from the RNs and the doctors because they make a really good living and, and even the LPNs, but so many people that like this the CNAs I think they're called um, nurses assistants, 
Right. They're, they want this gigantic pay because they're so, in so much risk. And, and, and they're not really in as much risk because once they're tested positive for COVID, they're only being mm-hmm. handled by RNs and doctors. They're not right. being handled by the average CPA because there's much mm-hmm. more extensive things that need to be done by them. Right. But it just blows my mind that they want all this gigantic hazard pay when you are in the field that is meant for this. Yeah, yeah, it, you know? it, you're right. They're, it's, it's interesting, and I, I don't presume to know anything about that. Like, I just, I, 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 I know I would never want to be do, doing, you know, I, I don't want to be in the healthcare industry at all. But like, you're, but I, someone said it. Maybe Dan. I know someone said it earlier. It's like, you know, there, there are people that are like, you know, like really in the on the front lines in some of the cities. Right. Like, I know New York City has been really overwhelmed. Um, they're, they're doing better. Um, but then there's like places like I just heard on the on the the, the local radio station. Um, I know Wayne County um, in Pennsylvania, um, they're trying to like get them to open into the yellow stage, like so like they can do more stuff. And they literally were talking about the the rate of hospitalizations. And so right now in Wayne Memorial Hospital, they have literally I just heard this yesterday, two. COVID-19 patients and at the height of the uh, whole situation like the worst case like when, when everything was at, at the absolute worst in Wayne County they had 12 patients <laughs> and, right that's what and I'm so saying the, like, yeah so yeah like like so it, it, I understand some of the most crowded cities in New York City is, is the most crowded city you know in America like the most the, the tightest you know packed so of course it's going to be worse there but like so the rural areas the, the you know like they're not it, it, why are we painting everything the same? Like, like right. again, so with the workers, that, yeah. you with also everything. have to look at how many hospitals are actually having to lay off nurses and even doctors because they can't afford to keep paying them right now because they don't have they have a lack of complete lack of yeah. patients right now. Right. Yeah, lack yeah. of patients and no elective surgeries. Uh, Kevin and I were talking about this earlier. It was like, and we were and and I there was one of the hearings that's been going on. The one where um, I, I think it was the one where Fauci was talking. Um, I think it was the whole COVID, uh, the, the, the response team was being interviewed, I think, yesterday. And some some representative, male, female from one of the states, I don't remember, was, was saying something about how a dentist was actually like saying, oh, my God, when are we going to like reopen where we can we do surgery? Because we're considered elective surgeries. But the problem is, is that some of the dentistry stuff is not elective. So, you know, you start with a cavity. All right. So like, you know, that cavity should be filled. If you don't fill that cavity, so that's an elective surgery. So you can't do it right now. It can turn into a root canal. So now the root canal, if that doesn't get taken care of, that can turn into worse. God, I don't know what comes, you know, worse after root canal, but that can go into, you know, worse situations. So everything gets worse. And there are people who have like, like actually have some like oral cancer situations that cannot have surgery. Like what the hell? So you're telling me that like, these people can't get, have, have surgery because it's considered elective. Like, I'm sorry, as soon as you say the C word, you, you talk about cancer, that's not elective anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, the, it, it's, a, it's a real shame with how a lot of this is being set up because um, we have politicians trying to dictate medical um, procedures, which they really have no idea what they're doing. I have certain ones like uh, Senator Rand Paul, who's a doctor, who's a bit familiar mm-hmm. with him at least, but for the most part, I, I don't know how many members of Congress are doctors. I, I, I think it's probably less than 10, if that. Right. There's a lot of people. And they're the ones that are setting setting the uh, policy for how our hospitals and all that handle this situation. And it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, definitely. Hey, guys, I, I, I'm seeing um, uh, 
some comments about taking a, a break. Do we need to take a quick break and uh, come back and regroup and go again? I, I need to take a break. So, yeah, give us a few. Let's do a little station break, and we'll come right back. Sure. You want a two-minute, three-minute break? What, what, what do you guys want? Two minutes is fine. All right. So we'll, we'll do, take a two-minute break, and uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll head on back. All right. All right. Our official ad breaks and actual sponsorships starting in June. 
and I look forward to working with those partners and taking the whole and making it bigger and better than ever before. And again, I don't remember the link that you said earlier, Carrie, but search for Voice of the People USA Radio on podbean.com. You, you have it, Voice of the People USRadio.podbean.com. Outstanding. And you could download the app there, obviously, and follow us and engage with us there as we'll be migrating more shows to that platform. And as always, on YouTube at Voice of the People USA Radio. Find our shows also on Spotify, iTunes, on Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash VOP USA Radio. Uh, find us on iHeartRadio. Find us on Libsyn. Find us on Age of Radio Network. Find us on Liberty and Freedom Radio.net. Sorry, guys. You're a new one. That's the best plug I could do with short notice, but appreciate the, the share. And find us everywhere where you can find and with that, you are listening to the Thursday night show, the three-hour extravaganza of everything talk here on blogtalkradio.com slash USA. And with that, remember, everybody, your voice matters here. And because I scripted it, remember, your voice is your first weapon, line of defense against tyranny. So here you are always welcome. Call-in number will be given to you shortly. Feel free to call in and be heard. Take part in the conversation. Again, to everybody who's listening, thank you, thank you, thank you to our new friends. Thank you to our new partners and sponsorships, anybody that I may have forgotten. Thank you as well. And please be aware, like I said before, current shows, Carrie and Kevin show. I don't know what else to call it at this point, but... We drink and we discuss things. We drink and we discuss things, yes. Uh, They drink and they know things. (laughs) I wasn't sure we were allowed to say that. It might be like copyright. (laughs) Nope, you're good. That can be found on Podbean under the BOP Network channel. Also, the conversation carry that we have every Wednesday night. That can be found on, well, both streams right now, Blog Talk and on Podbean. Obviously, the Thursday night show. That's always from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And, of course, of course, the debut this Sunday of The Uncensored Truth with Mike Jacobson. Long time coming. And very happy to announce that Alicia Diaz will be launching her show, which are going to be very unique and different, and I think are uh, going to be a lot of fun. She's in production and back-end work on that now. That's coming shortly, and a whole list of new collaborations, new new hosts, new shows, new ideas, new everything. Because every week this is growing, and the network is growing, and that's what it's all about. So, again, thank you all. Make sure check us out, VOP USA Radio. Again, like us on Facebook, USA Radio fan page. Love that feedback. And my name, of course, is Dan Sorglio, and I'm coming to you from Middle America-ish, well, on the eastern side, uh, <laughs> on the road. That feedback is awesome. You either got a bird on steroids or... I was going to say, that sounds uh, like a bird. So, wow. <laughs> is that Dave with his bird? Yes, that's me. I'm trying to enjoy like the weather. <laughs> it sounds like Wazlewski making his grand entrance. So with that, everybody, again, I'm coming to you from the road this week, so I'm in and out here. 
I talked enough in the first hour. I will be on the line. And everybody, please take it away. Again, shout out and thank you to Carrie for taking over the reins of the show this week. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Lisa, Dave, Kirby. Appreciate you all being here. And have at it. All right, just a quick uh, further note for uh, Saturday, Sunday's program for the Uncensored Truth. For those who are interested in tuning in, we're going to be talking about the uh, Ahmad Aubrey shooting case. Mm. Um, the details about it, cool. um, the media manipulation about it, the lies, the uh, race baiting that they've been performing. And I look forward to going into more detail about it during the show. And hopefully, hopefully you all find it very interesting. Call in, give me your opinions on it, and we'll talk to you this Sunday. Awesome. So our call-in number is 515-605-9832. We do have a, a caller on hold. Do you guys want to uh, have me bring him in? It's Elias let's, from Florida. Let's have the come on. I was going to hear from All callers. Right. All right. So I'm bringing him in. So uh, let's see. It's coming on. Elias from Florida, you are on. What can we do for you? Hello, 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 hello. How's it going, guys? Hey, okay, um, Elias. about you? What's going on over here in Florida? Um, I like I like the show. I love you guys' input. Uh, Carrie, she was talking about um, when I wanted to call in to some input. She was talking about Kevin and the working situation as a teacher and the renting situation over there. And um, I know I have a friend that actually owns a grocery store. He's actually having to like shut it down because actually they're like nobody's actually going to that grocery store. Where's so, this like, grocery like, store at? We I couldn't hear you. Could you right could you be a little by, louder? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's by um the grocery store is by Glendale Queens. Queens. Okay. Like, yeah, Queens. Yeah, Glendale Queens. Uh, I don't I don't think it's by on the corner of Myrtle, but maybe. But there was a there was a deli there that. Well, she is gonna like actually like sell it, or she's well, she's trying to sell it now because she can't afford to keep it open. And she's extremely afraid. Like she's like she thinks like I am lesbian. So like it's like so you kind of get like that mass hysteria, but with that like hard troubling times that are that is actually hitting. So yeah, like I, I felt that like she's saying about like, that's, like it's some complicated times. Like it's not the usual yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, this is going on going over every state. I mean, this is happening state by state, county by county, where people are basically struggling to get by, and a lot of them are actually shutting down or you know whatever. It, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense, and it's really it's it, it really makes you wonder. And I'm gonna ask you guys like, how long can America? Sustain, you know, like right now and the hits that it's taking. How how many more hits can America take? And so, you know, I, I'm gonna, gonna I'll, I'll go on and say that I think we could survive this hit, but uh, this is gonna take a good chunk out of uh, what basically I, I hate to say our economic reserve, like you know, we have our economy yeah. in stockpile, but our economy is big enough where we could probably take this one. Could we take a second cylinder yeah. hit like what we've been doing? I seriously doubt it. That's gonna be like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. Um, I, I've had the fortune that, you know, I have a 
a relative who actually survived the Great Depression, or a couple of relatives actually survived the Great Depression. And uh, yeah. the situation for what happened Thank back you. then is kind of similar to what's starting to happen right now. Where the small, and she, you know, my, it's my grandmother. She told me the small businesses will close down. It kind of trickled up to the bigger ones, and people, you know, the you know, the people that were sustain, living off of the smaller people paying them rent or whatever, they started losing their things because they weren't getting rent no more. And uh, it, it's, it's almost a trickle-up effect, if you know what I mean. Or uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the most impacted people will be the people that were you know, being sustained by the people above them. And boom, 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 boom. All those barriers come down. Right now, we're not at that point quite yet. But if something similar, if, an, if another event like this happened again, I think we'd be in a horrible situation. Like, Ten times worse than what we've got going on now. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree. I, with you. I, I, I but agree just don't forget about that like, mess I, that's going on with those kids now too. What kids? Now, oh, these, you're talking now, about the now, inflammatory look, syndrome. See, yeah, they they're linking that to the uh, coronavirus. Oh, the Kawasaki. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. the antibodies, which is interesting because if they want to. Not to get it too off the subject with this, but they don't want to give people vaccines for this stuff, which is going to introduce the antibodies in the kids' immune system. Isn't that going to do the same thing? Basically, make them more at risk uh, for this for this disease. Also, I'm, I'm not I a medical professional, so. so I'm just asking. I, w- what? I, I would assume so. I'm not either, but it seems it would do the same thing. Well, I, I think, and, I, and I'm not the expert on this, but what I was hearing, what some of the people were saying, and and, and I noticed that it, it's interesting because it seems like. Um, it, it was, I know that there was quite a few cases of something like 80 of them or something like that in New York. And now apparently there's like 18 in New Jersey. Um, that it's like the, the kids, it's, they, they, they've had the COVID-19, uh, uh, virus. And now it's like something that's happening afterwards. And it's like an inflammatory disease that's like, like similar to Kawasaki. And they're not sure that it has to be related to COVID. Like they're just saying that this is something that's new. Yeah. And I yeah, it has. Actually, hold yeah, on. I'm yeah. bringing up the information for you right now. Hold on. Yes, I believe so. And then they were talking about um, they were uh, um, the the kids are, are like uh, it was it was discussed in the uh, the hearing yesterday where uh, the task force was was being asked by whatever group was asking them questions. And I know that that's when Rand Paul was like coming at um Fauci about like you know this is ridiculous the school should open again because you know the kids are at you know they're not catching anything or whatever and that's when and I'm not sticking up for Fauci because I'm not a fan of his but Fauci was like listen you know you don't know we don't know um, how this is really affecting it first yes we uh, actually thought the, the official name for the uh, the virus is called pediatric inflammatory multi system syndrome temporarily attached with SARS-CoV-2. Gotcha. And, and, and so this is what they're worried about. And they're saying that, and Fauci was saying like, you know, and it, it seemed like he was genuinely upset. So I'm like, all right, so you dick, you didn't realize this was going to be an issue because at first it was like, oh, the kids are okay. And, and this is, and this kind of feeds into what I was saying um, earlier, like to, well, at least to Dan, I was talking to him about this. It was like, so, you know, everyone's like, oh, we can we can open up the schools again because, you know, the kids are okay. We don't give a fuck about the adults who are, are caring for them and, and dealing with them because, you know, you know they, they might get sick and die, but, you know, I'll fuck it. But the kids are okay. Yeah. But now the kids are not okay. And so now it's causing a whole different ripple effect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, and we're worried because some of the kids have died, you know, from this. And it's, it's this is, you know, and Fauci was 
was like, we don't understand this. We, we, it's, this is very early in the situation. We don't know. And I'm not going to say it's okay for kids to go back to school when suddenly we have this situation. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's yeah. going on with this. I'd yeah. actually like to delve more into the, uh, the Fauci interview, but as long as we have the caller, I'd rather give him a chance to finish up speaking first sure. before we go into that. Yeah. Because I don't want to take up their time. So, Elias, do you have anything more to add to that? Elias, are you still there? I think we lost him. He was kind of... All right, well, I, I, I'm sorry we kind of talked over there, Elias. I appreciate, I genuinely appreciate you calling in and bringing up what you brought up. I'm glad we got to t- hit, hit about some subjects of that. But let's go into the, uh, the interview with Fauci and, and uh, Rand Paul on that. Um, some of the big yeah. takeaways I got from that was uh, Fauci was basically saying, we don't want the kids to go back to school unless there's a va- vaccine. But they turn around and said the vaccine, could be, there's a good possibility it's not going to work. And if it, even if they, if they put it out there, it could actually make things worse for us all, which I found very inter- a very interesting takeaway from that conversation. I mean, uh, the whole the whole idea of um, mandating vaccines for kids to go back to school is a little bit ridiculous to me. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. if, you're, if you get a vaccine, you're supposed to be immune from a, a disease. So if you know, we go back and forth about vaccine effectiveness and all that. We can talk about herd immunity, which I I personally think everybody is only only achieved by the people that survive having a disease, not by getting a vaccine where you could potentially still get it later on someone who hasn't been vaccinated. Um, it's it's really weird because they, they they they're talking about the vaccine situation and so um, it's I'm concerned because you know you, you do this vaccine they're rushing this and they're yeah. trying to get this all like you know yeah like so we we don't really know and like they had I just saw something the other day where three different um, big pharma companies are all like joining together and saying oh well we're we're willing to like get this together and 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 make sure that everyone can afford it and it's like. It would, but the, you know, because Dr. Fauci was like, it could take you know twelve to eighteen months to come up with something, even working as fast as we are. So, what are you trying to inject in us? And then, like you said, Mike, they're going to make people take it. Like I'm sure hospital workers are going to be forced to have it before they can go back to work. Teachers are going to be forced. Anybody who works with the kids are going to be forced to take it before they go back to work. I'm like, oh, all right. So uh, I, just don't, yeah. I don't like that idea. I mean, you're being forced to have something injected in your body. You know, they, they'll tell you what's safe, but how do you really know? I mean, it should be up to right. you to decide what you want shoved into your body and in your bloodstream, not someone mm-hmm. else's choice. Well, of course it's going to be up to you because then you'll be like, oh, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Then you can be, you know, you can you can just quit. <laughs> yeah, you, oh, you can be on a yeah. 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 You can pretty much stay in the basement like Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's not shown up very much, has he, at all lately. <laughs> No, the knucklehead. What's he running for again? Senator? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he knows. Oh, God. He's in a poll somehow, which, which always amazes me. <clears throat> but, you know, you know, and, yeah, you know but, Mike, you're – go ahead. Go ahead, Carrie. Well, no, you were, you were talking about the, the, the vaccination thing and getting the kids back to school and all that. And um, that, that leads into like the whole, you know, crazy idea of, you know, they're trying to like, and, and obviously like, so, I, you know, I, I want to go back to the school. I want to be back in the building. I want to be back with my students. It's not the same with the, the virtual learning. And, and I'm saying this because even though like for the last probably 
10 years at least, I've had all of my lessons, my class, I, I do everything online. I, my kids have computers. I, I'm completely paperless. But doing things online, but still being in person in the classroom, it's different. You know what I mean? Like, so we're, we're doing lessons. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, you know, well, and nothing, so it's there's fine. There's nothing better than the human experience as far as teaching right. as far as I'm concerned. And these kids need that. It's, it's you know, school, it, it, education's important, but the socialization is is equally important, if not more so. And especially for the younger kids, too, you know. And and so they're talking about, you know, getting us back and how, how to handle it. And so New York City schools, and I'm sure most city schools, are ridiculously uh, overcrowded. And in my classroom, so I, I teach in the um, the music room, and I share the music room with the, the current music teacher. That's, that's how I met my husband, actually. He was a music teacher. And um, the classroom is an odd-shaped room, and it has 28 desks. It used to have 29. I think we have 28 desks. And my one class has 34 students. And so I have... Um, someone's phone's ringing in the background. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course, that's work calling, you know. <laughs> gotcha. Mm. Um, so uh, take it. It's important. So um, so the thing is, is that, like, I and I've had, like, camp chairs set up and everything to help, you know, the overflow of the kids. So here's the problem. Um, and, and uh, you know, we we are talking about going back. And, and dealing with the overcrowding. And, and so they're talking about like they're thinking around the idea of hybrid scheduling and like maybe like having some kids going, you know, every other day. And like, and, and so they're all like, they're trying to figure this shit out because nobody knows what it's going to look like. And even like, I've, I've even heard like some of like the more rural school. I, I heard that um, Delaware Valley is, is kicking around the same ideas, like every school is trying to figure this out. And, that, and, you know, nobody knows. And I get that. But then, um, and I, I can really only speak to New York City um, because that's what I'm familiar with. So um, Mayor de Blasio is screaming that there's no money that, you know, and of course there's no money because everything's shut down and, you know, Cuomo, you know, screaming, there's no money. So there's no money anywhere. And, and so they're making cuts to everything and um, except for to like the higher up stuff, because, you know, everyone has enough money up there um, for like the, the heavy stuff, like all the administrative stuff. But so the, 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 the school chancellor, Richard Carranza, who came from, I believe Los Angeles, he came from somewhere in California he literally said, we can't let a good crisis go to waste. And I'm like, wow, you're an asshole. And so yeah. he starts like, you know, spearheading all these ideas. And then he says, he comes out and says, well, we have to be prepared. I don't know what we're going to be doing here because the situation is, is that we have, um, you know, we're, we have a lower budget. We're going we're gonna to have to talk about maybe furloughing teachers or, or, or laying them off or whatever the case may be. And we're going to have bigger class sizes. And I'm like, um, so we're talking social distancing. We're talking trying to stagger schedules. Now you're talking about laying off teachers and making larger classes. And bringing more kids together. Which yeah, so like, like what the hell exact you, opposite like, of what they're trying right, to do. Right. Make up my mind. Would you please? And then, then, so here's an interesting thing, and I don't know if anyone's really interested in this, and I'll, I'll get off my, my teaching horse here after this. But the thing is, is that, and this is what boggles my mind, it's like, so I – so I, I don't know if anyone knows this, but so Cuomo, which everyone seems to love this man, and, you know, women are like, oh, I want to have your baby. I'm like, yeah, okay. Spawn of Satan. Um, no, that's not fair to Satan. So, um, so they, they, so Cuomo now suddenly, you know, before everyone was like, oh, we can't close the schools because where are the kids going to go? That's, that's for daycare. You know, we, you know, the parents need to go to work. So you have to have a place to put their kids. So we've always been pretty much daycare first, you know, mm-hmm. which is insulting, but whatever. Um, but then, you know, okay, so we close the school. So now from that, so Cuomo suddenly has Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates helping him 
and saying, hey, let's reimagine school. That's the term. Let's reimagine school. So why are we, why are we still looking at schools the old-fashioned way? You know, we, everyone has this technology, and I can't speak for others, other places, but New York City did put, make sure they had iPads, computers, whatever, in, all, in every kid's hands. And they have, like, Wi-Fi. I mean, like, New York City is unique in that respect. I get that. So now it's like, well, if everyone has that, so like, why do we have to go back to the old in-person thing? And he's like, look, look at all these buildings that we could like save money on and all that. So he's seeing ching, 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 right? So, okay, so now we're going to get rid of that. But then how are these people going to go back to work? And, you know, then the next thing was I just read today. So um, we have something called Teach for America, which is a program. It's all, it's, it's all over the, the nation where you take people who are in like, say, banking careers or whatever – and they've decided that they're, they're tired of their career and they want to switch and become teachers. And so it's sort of like a crash course in teaching. And then they get hired and they finish their master's degree in, in education while they're teaching, usually in, in, in hard to staff areas like inner cities. They just they had hired 500 uh, uh, Teach for America teachers for the, you know, over the summer to start in the fall. They canceled all of them. In addition to that, the bus contract the school bus contract because they do use school buses for elementary kids and for some of the special ed students they allowed the school bus contracts to expire on may 5th and the school bus company said in order to renegotiate it's going to take a lot of time and it'll be very hard to restart this we should we should just renew the contract now they let it expire and they have not restarted it and so that just seems to me like they're not even thinking about reopening schools. Yeah, it, it seems like it's an afterthought rather than the immediate thought that it should be. Yeah. But and the they're making it very... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, the, no, the go, one go. question I have about all this is, I mean, we, we, we for years, there's been a big debate raging on about homeschooling children and how horrible it is for kids. It almost seems like now it's become the, the subject that they want to teach, or they want you to homeschool your kids by having them be with educators online. It's not like a double whammy against people that want to, uh, you know, you know, people that do want to send their kids to a public school because basically they need that eight or nine hours to go to their own job, provide for their family, versus yeah. the people that want to uh, educate the kids themselves. I mean, it, it, it's like a, du- it's a double-edged sword that makes it seem like it's happy or a happy medium, but it's really not, at least in my opinion. Is that the all I, all I can normal? figure – yeah, all I can figure is is that they're they're trying to do like if you're trying to, and now I'm going down a rabbit hole. I guess I, all I can figure is the only one who can who stands to to benefit from this is that if they're still trying to keep the economy shut down, so you still have all of these workers still at home, then those people can still be at home and still help with their kids, so that like we can still keep them home, and so that we don't have to worry about the daycare situation. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like it's ridiculous. I, again. I'm a teacher. I'm working from home right now. I shouldn't be complaining, right? Well, I am. And I know a lot of my, the teachers I work with, a lot of us are not happy. And, and I'll tell you something else. We have been told um, by, and it's not my school. My, I, I have to say that I have a lot of respect for my administration at my school. They, they, they constantly and consistently try to do what's right for the kids and for the staff there. I have a lot of, a lot of respect for them. But the entire Department of Education in New York City has basically handed down um, that they expect, and this is what uh, the uh, Carranza was saying when he said, don't let a good um, crisis go to waste. 
he basically said that, um, well, right now our graduation rate, you know, the seniors, everyone should be graduating. There should be no reason any student who should, who should, there should be no student who shouldn't graduate. No senior should, should not, no senior, I can't even say this anymore. No senior no child should left fail. Behind. And, and, and uh, yeah, and the only thing I can say, the only thing I can think of, um, and I'm like, well, what the fuck? What does it matter what our graduation rate is? Because if, if, I have a couple of students who have, like, literally have zeros, like, literally have done nothing all year long, even before this happened. And I'm like, so you're telling me I have to pass them? And, you know, usually, I, and I know I'm, I'll be very, the first one to tell you, I'm not a fan of unions. I'm not a fan of my union. I got fucked by my union in Pennsylvania hard. And I'm Shocker. not a real fan of, yeah, I'm not a real fan of the union that I'm in right now. And then kind of, you know, well, that's not, neither here nor there. Anyhow, so our union, uh, our representative, we had a meeting the other day and he said, oh, and when we, because some of us questioned that because we're not happy about that. And he said, listen, your employer, the DOE said, everyone should be passing. Your employer said you should be doing that. Department of Education for people who are not familiar with the yep. acronyms. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah. So basically, the New York City Department of Education said you should pass everybody. We're telling you if that's what your employer said to do, you should do it. I'm like, really? So since when did the fucking union, the UFT, decide to lay down, roll over, and obey what the fucking New York City Department of Education tells you to do? Oh, that's right. When they decided to take away spring break, and we said, okay. I was okay with that. I honestly was okay with that. They, they totally took away our entire spring break. I said, okay, because the kids needed some sort of structure. We had just gotten like, I was fine with that. I understood that. But then like, you know, we still haven't, you know, it just, you give an inch and they take a mile, just like they're talking about right now. Like, you know, oh, with, with our rights. So, you know, you, you know, they talked about the drones and all. I just saw an article about a, a restaurant, oh, I can't remember, somewhere down south, maybe it was Georgia that just opened up something, and they said, well, people can come into the restaurant, but they have to be willing to give their name and everything else so they can be traced in case there's a sickness. I'm like, so in order to eat in the restaurant, you have to give all of your identifying information. Fuck you. I'm not going to do that. Hello? <laughs> Yeah, it's basically so yeah, tracking yeah. government tracking by another by another method. They, if they have the businesses do it and submit it to the government, you don't think that it's the government doing it when it actually is a government mandate that businesses have to do it to be open. Yep, it's They're unbelievable. Yeah, well, we're talking about yeah, I know, but... Are you familiar with like the public school system? Not the public school. I'm sorry, you're obviously familiar with the public school system. On uh, the private school system, I mean, is there a very um, major difference between private schools versus public schools and uh, what they are and are allowed to do as far as educating children and, and, and in the areas that you're familiar with, at least? I mean, is it, is it yeah. better for a kid to go to a public school in your opinion or a private school? Well, so it depends. So well, I, I would say – for that matter. I mean, uh, right. which, which do you feel is the, the more rational option for people or so, something people can at least look into? So I would say, so, so it would depend on a couple of things. So in New York City, so I, I, you know, I'm a Pennsylvania born and bred. And even though I've, I've lived and taught in New York City, I've been there 17 years. I'm very broadcast my age, Herbie. Um, so, um, so I definitely have been in Pennsylvania longer. So I'm still a Pennsylvania girl. And um, it, as, as a Pennsylvania girl, I could not understand why people would choose to send their children to private school in Pennsylvania because I'm a product of, uh, I grew up and, and graduated from Tonkanic area school district. And, mm -hmm. um, aside from some bullying, 
Um, no, um, I, I grew up I, in the Woodbury School District, and uh, I had no problem with that either. I mean, back right. nowadays, from what I hear, it's a joke, but, you know, right. I was 80s and 90s for me. I, I mm-hmm. feel like I, I got a decent education. I do, too. I think I had a fantastic education, very well-rounded education. I have friends who still live in Tunkhannock who have children there, and um, they and one is an educator, and she says, you know, I think it's a fantastic school district still. And so, you know, that's great. Um, if I had a kid and I was living in New York City, there's no way in hell I would send my child to the public school system there. Um, okay. You have to, in order to get to in, into the, the correct schools in New York City, um, especially at the high school level, you have to apply. Um, you have to have, there's testing that, which they're all going crazy about right now. Um, it's insane. And if you don't live in the right zip code and you still have to, like, parents will actually wait in line to get their kids into the right preschool. It's, it's, it's insane. Preschool. So, uh, yes. I, I, I can't huh. even tell you. It's, it's insane. Like they, 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 like they'll line up for like, like literally I've heard like two blocks, to, like the day that like the, 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 the registration starts. I, I, I can't even tell you. So um, I would definitely send my child to a private school if it was New York City. Um, there are charter schools. Um, I, I, I believe that most of them do a lot of really good things for the kids. Yeah. Um, now, can you explain the difference between a charter school and private schools and uh, public schools? Is, is there a major difference yeah. between those three? Or? Yeah, well, I, so pri- so public schools, you know, taxpayers, um, they, they ta- are, are funded by taxpayers, um, and they have to definitely uh, basically obey the rules of the, the state um, and, and the local jurisdictions. So like, you know, they, they're held to that, you know, level and the kids have to, you know, go through certain, like, like for in- instance, in New York, they have to pass the regents exam, so on and so forth. Uh, charter schools <clears throat> are, uh, schools that are for profit schools, basically. Um, most, most charter schools, um, are okay. run by corporations. So they make money. They don't usually charge, uh, parents for their kids to go there. Um, but they get money. So what happens is if, so say you have a daughter who's going to a public school and now your daughter, you want your daughter to go to the charter school. So your daughter goes to the charter school. You don't have to pay for it, but the, the tax dollars that your daughter would have brought to the public school now gets funded. Now gets taken from the public school and gets taken and put to the charter school instead. And so, so the, the, the tax dollars gets pulled away from the, the public school. Goes to the charter school. The charter school also makes money by doing other things, uh, raising money. They have backers and things like that. So it's like a business. Um, and they can also circumvent certain things. Like they, for instance, in New York City, um, Ava Moskowitz runs a success academy. Um, and she's got several charter schools. And they don't um, often do regents exams. They can do portfolios instead to prove that their kids have uh, met, met certain requirements. Um, and so they can also, so in New York City, we have Mayor de Blasio feels that schools are a pipeline to prison. And so if a kid does something um, pretty bad, like you have to have this whole buildup of like this like situation, like, like you can't suspend a kid um, unless you have done a whole bunch of other things first. So, so if a kid has started doing, you know, acting out or whatever, you have to like, you know, have a whole like history of everything you've tried to do to intervene, to make the kid uh, shape up with his behavior situation now what if a kid just turns around all of a sudden and goes crazy and like beats the shit out of another kid well you know you still can't you know you you could the worst you could do like if a kid like beat another kid bloody um you could give that kid a, a five days principal suspension but that doesn't that was in a public school record. or a charter school 
public school. Okay. So, so there's a whole bunch of your hands are tied for a whole bunch of things because the blouse is a piece of shit. In a okay. charter school, they'd be like, oh, no, we don't go that way. And they'd kick that kid out. And that's it. Done. Okay, they also so don't they, have to take they have greater greater authority yeah. to act on their yeah. own initiative, basically. Yes. Do they, they also don't have to take you're saying about how you can't give kids kids zeros or anything? You can't pass them, or, or can they basically right. say, "Hey, your kid flunked. I'm sorry, they're not gra- they're not passing this year." Is right. that how it works with charter yeah. schools? Or all right, yes, they can do that too. They can also, so um, but but the, here's another so thing though. So they're they don't they can hand pick their students though too. They don't have to take. So here's what happens. So this is one thing that's bad about the charter school. They don't have to so, – so public schools have to take all students. You can't turn anyone away. So we have a lot right. of students who are special ed, who are, are very low-performing, and we have to make all accommodations for them. Um, we have students who are English language learners, all kinds of situations. They don't have to take them. The charter school can say, no, sorry, we don't have anything that Basically, we can help they you with. So who, they, who they do and don't take. Yeah. So it makes it awkward for we, – we, yeah, exactly. And, of course, private schools – they're the upper echelon. They're the ones that the parents have the money to pay, and they get the very best of everything. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they get the best treatment. And so, you know, and of course, you're, the kids going there are not going to be, like, acting up or anything like that. And if they are, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 well, that wouldn't happen in the first place. But then they would also be, like, removed or whatever. But so. And how, how does homeschooling uh, revolve, into all, revolve into all this? I mean, uh, so I've not they heard have their a lot about. Roles or, okay. Yes. And so homeschooling usually has to align with, um, so, uh, with like the state like requirements. And so parents are given, um, resources that they can use there. Um, they have to pass certain benchmarks. The kids are supposed to probably like there, there are like, um, a lot of times they can like refer to like in Pennsylvania, they have like, I think it's the Keystone, uh, Academy or something like that. They can actually like, um, access things online. They have, they have like networks of other parents. A lot of times they can, you know, you know, go with each other. Apparently, and I can only speak for Pennsylvania on this one, I know that, that students are allowed to um, still participate in school activities, like after school activities, um, if they uh, want. So like they could like they can do the homeschooling, but then they can join like the baseball team if they can make the team or whatever. I don't know how okay. many kids actually go ahead and do that. Probably not a lot. Um, right. uh, but homeschooling probably works really well for students who might have um, – high special needs where the school may not have a lot of options or students who are bullied. There are some students who have like, you know, serious issues with that. Um, But I, I, that's difficult because in my mind, I think homeschooling to me would be like the last resort because you do not have the socialization. I I know that some parents do have groups which are good that they then get together and like they, they help yeah. socialize. I mean, certain other, parents you know? can't socialize their kids, other ones can't. And I do understand what right. we're dealing with that. I mean, kids need, yeah. be, need to be around other kids. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the one thing with socialization that I dislike is that uh, the way a lot of the policies of public schools, they're, they're, it's not really socialization as much as it's uh, indoctrination as far as how kids should and shouldn't right. act and that sort of thing. And that, that's yeah. where I started to draw the, the line for where they're going with that. I mean, I don't know about you in Tonkanic, but, you know, I, elementary school, junior high school, we still have the threat of getting hit with the uh, the paddle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it happened yeah. a couple of times. Well, let me tell you, kids really, you know, kids acted out. What are two whacks? It usually did the trick. I mean. It did the trick for the whole class because we would all be like sitting there going. Oh yeah, exactly. You make an example yeah. of one kid and the rest of them are like. Okay, I'm not going to start throwing things because I don't want yep. my ass to get sore. Yep. 
Exactly. <laughs> I mean, everyone yeah. today is like, oh, wow, how dare you hit a kid with a with a paddle? Damned effective back then. I don't care yeah, what right? says. Yeah, no, we I agree. We actually had a teacher who had a, uh, who drilled holes through their paddle. Yep, so and did we. I was a recipient of one of those. <laughs> I, I oh, was a recipient, but guys, I, I remember seeing it. Oof. Do you guys know ever hear of Mr. Noki? Mr. Who? He, he taught Noki. He taught at uh, West Hazleton when it was the high no. school. No. Oh, that son of a bitch! <laughs> well, he whacked my ass with that paddle so many times, only because I didn't know my prepositions. After I know. Oh, oh, no, do they, I do they even them. do paddling anymore these days, or is it like completely outlawed? Like you're going to jail instantly if you paddle a child. Oh, yeah. Oh, much no. can't lay a finger on them. I, mean, I, I haven't I, heard of any recent examples of it, but I know like in the yeah. 80s and 90s, it happened. Well, I will tell you that I've had a couple of parents uh, who've come into the school and when I've said like a couple of things that the kids have done, they say, listen, if, that kid, if she does that again or he does that again, I give you the permission to beat the shit out of him because I'm like, okay. <laughs> I would never. But yeah, they're like, oh, hell no. Well, I mean, My kid doesn't if, if, you, if you were so inclined, could you do that to like get them back in line or no? Well, <laughs> hell no, I wouldn't. Is, you you, the good beat, things about you working? beat me up once when I couldn't do Shakespeare. <laughs> Oh, come on. What did I do? Throw an eraser at you? Please. <laughs> I, I had a ruler to the back of the head. And your anger at Teacher Tank Terry. Oh, wasn't hard. You know, it's this funny because in the Bronx. This woman is a savage. Oh, I am. I still am. You wouldn't believe how I act in my school. But my, this, this is funny because it's like, it, it, that's one of the good things about teaching where I teach. I could never do this, you know, here. But like in the Bronx, like the kids, like, you know, they do something stupid. And I give them a little like, you know, smack upside the head or whatever. But like, we have that kind of relationship. I, it's not like I'm not like hurting them. I would never literally do that. Like, Hey guys, really I hate to cut you off in the middle of a subject right now. But Dan did yeah. stress the importance of doing station breaks between uh, every hour. So we're at seven o'clock. Can we do one more for another two minutes? Because it's kind of so important as far as keeping the, uh, the advertising going. We're at eight going. o'clock. We're at eight o'clock. Oh, in, in, I'm in at the seven East o'clock Coast. down here. But <laughs> all right. But if yeah, we go, no, let's take a sure. quick station break. We'll get right back on the subject. Mike, how long do you want? Two minutes is fine by me. All right, we'll do two minutes. All right, see you in two minutes, guys. All right, guys. All right.
engage and rage. This is Voice of the People, USA Radio. And you are back live with Voice of the People USA Radio coming to you live on blogtalkradio.com slash USA. Make sure to follow us, BOPUSARadio.com. Like us on Facebook, Voice of the People USA Radio fan page. And as always, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash Radio. Twitter, at Radio. And thank you all for listening and to be a part of our discussion that we do here every week, three hours live. Everybody, this is Dan Sprigwell coming to you from the road and very proud of the job that you're all doing tonight. Thank you for holding down the fort, kicking ass. I appreciate it. And with that, I am going to silence myself and continue listening. Thank you all. Man, that guy's a real guy. He talks a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, right? Wow, even when he's not here. Holy crap. Right. I, I, I really that was short for me. That was short for me. You're welcome. See, he can't help himself. <laughs> you can all go to hell. With wow. wow. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're doing right. pretty good, guys. I feel good about well, this. We're going to talk about back. the last hour. We're talking about here as far as the, the schools of that. Because I am actually was into that, but I just saw that it was closing on the hour, so I wanted to get into the station break. Also, uh, right. Carrie, you want to continue on where you were at, or? Um, no, we can change the subject. It's fine. I was just, you know, it's. I was just talking about how it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different world now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it uh, is. like, hey, what do you, you think is the future for teaching right here? I mean, do you think that things are going to go back to the way they were with uh, kids going back to class and all that? Do you think it's going to be a hybrid of uh, mm-hmm. online and, you know, classroom teaching or? Um, I, I think uh, it, when we go back, I think it's. It, I think. I think it's going to be a hybrid. I think we're going to try to go back full, like in the beginning, and then I think it's going to probably. I think there's so many schools that are so overcrowded. I think we're going to wind up doing some kind of a hybrid. Um, New York City, so many of the students take uh, public transit. That's part of the big problem. A lot of the kids take okay. the subway, take the 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 bus, the public buses. And so when you have 1.1 million kids, you know, not all of them, but like a, a good chunk of them on public transit, you've got uh, 100,000 uh, teachers and paraprofessionals and other, you know, you know, school workers uh, also traveling like that. Now we're taxing the public transit system, which is a nightmare right now from what I've understood, um, from what I understand. Sorry. Um, I just saw a, a story about how they're, the MTA is trying to talk about like, oh, maybe we can do reservations for, uh, uh, <laughs> for time to uh, get on the subway and, and, and on the buses. I'm like, reservations? Okay. So I don't think we're, we're going to be ready to fully open up right. But one thing that I'm, I'm really concerned about, um, and I, I, didn't, I don't think I, I mentioned this to you guys, and I was telling you about how um, they got rid of uh, – um, so many of the, the Teach for America people and all that, but I read an article where, um, and this is nationwide now, um, <laughs> so a lot of teachers teach beyond retirement age, and um, apparently one in five teachers nationwide are 
62 or older. And wow. a lot of them, yeah. And so apparently a lot of, you know, a lot of them, yeah. And they were like, oh, you know, and they did like uh, some interviews and they were like, oh, you know, we, we plan on teaching, you know, a couple of years more, but now with this, uh, I, of course that's right in the, you know, we're starting to get into the uh, demographic that, you know, can be most harmed by this particular virus, whether, you know, whatever. And so now they're like, yeah, no, we don't want to go back. Why would they? So now if they retire, so we've already got that's a like 20, shortage. 20% of the teacher force that's going right there. Yeah. And so we that, already, already yeah. And we already have a teacher shortage in this nation because um, there, the people are not, you know, graduating high school and going to college to be teachers. Nobody wants to do it anymore. Um, no, and because they don't want to deal with kids. Yeah. Well, it's, it's they, they don't, don't want to deal with kids, but the, but the other problem really Mike is that, um, you you pay a lot of money for your four year degree and then and again I've been very lucky um, in in my jobs in, in in teaching here in Pennsylvania and then going to New York City but if you look at the the teacher salaries in places like I know in Louisiana for instance they are not very high and I know that there are teachers who are working ten fifteen years and are still working two jobs to make ends meet in order to like, and they don't, they're not living lavish lifestyles. And so mm-hmm. the teaching salaries are not there. And then like, and I'm not, I don't want this to be a bitch fest, but um, you know, a lot of uh, policies are made without asking teachers for opinions. Like for instance, fucking governor Cuomo has his like big, you know, back to school task force and he doesn't have a single teacher from New York city on it. Like, um, okay. Yeah. Well, hello. It's the lar- it's nation's largest school system. And you didn't even ask anybody, but I mean, so you have that shortage already, but here, get this one in four principals are of retirement age. So, and, and then that's not even talking about people who have um, compromised immune systems. The one assistant principal at my school Love him to death. You know, he's a big, you know, bear of a guy, but he has uh, Crohn's disease. And that is a, a big situation, a big issue, apparently, with this particular virus. So, you know, there's a lot of people in the system who have those situations and now have to make a decision. Do I go back to work? And, and this is with any career, too. Um, but, like, so we're going to talk about a huge shortage now. And then, of course, with all the budget cuts and all that, so are they going to try to make up those, um, you know, shortfalls? No, let's just throw more kids. We'll, we'll put 40 kids in a class, 50 kids in a class, and just keep it online. There's, that's what they're going to do. I, that's it, my, it almost seems like Dr. That. Wiz. I remember it was about 10 years ago or so, they were talking about how classes were very overstaffed, very overfilled, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it kind of died down for a few years, and now it's starting to come back up again. It's almost like mm-hmm. a, a vicious cycle as far as uh, short-staffing classrooms, having a bunch of kids in one room. And yep. uh, it, it's basically becoming a pressure poker. I mean, reaching mm-hmm. situations like that, I can actually understand why teachers don't want to uh, get in the yeah. field. People that might be inclined to be teachers don't want to get in the field anymore because their hands are tied. I, how, yeah. What can you do when you've got like 40, 50 kids you have to take care of in one shot? It's I mean, impossible. I, I, like, like yeah, the gym classes be, are like that. I don't want to put myself in that situation. I, I, I'll mm-hmm. flat out admit I'd go nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the way it is. <laughs> And, I mean, and then you're, and you're just talking about classroom control, you know, I mean, like never, you know, don't even think about like, what about the teachers? Like, I'm, you know, I, I was an English teacher for so long and like right now I do like a well, seminar yeah, class. The quality of education will go down oh, correspondingly yeah, I mean, too. Like, I mean, I can like, you know, you know, work with kids, but like when you're talking about like trying to get kids to like say write a, a paper, even if it's a one page essay, 
Now you I think I mean I literally have 162 kids right now. I have juniors and seniors. I have 162 students. Now out of those 162 kids, like I'm not giving essays like left and right. Like that's not what I'm not an English teacher right now. I'm doing, you know, a seminar class which is different preparing them for college and career and stuff like that. So it's a little okay. different. So the workload's a little different. But it's still and even like online. So like I gave my juniors for example, I gave them a packet um, of questions about themselves and they're filling this out because then what they're going to do is they're going to give this to their teachers because it's, it's a, it's, it's a kind of like a questionnaire. So the teachers can now like use this to look at it over to write them letters of recommendation for college for next year, because I'll have them next year. So this is to help those teachers. Now, when I get those, those packets, now I have to go through these questions and there's 28 questions that aren't just like yes or no questions. It's like, you know, questions about themselves to look them over, to make sure they're answering them, they're giving them some good information and stuff like that. So that's just my juniors. So, but that's still, that's, I'd that's say like probably about 70 kids. Work to work every day right there. Uh, probably more. So it's like, so, I mean, and, and that's just online. So like now you, I'm not doing the commute in and all that stuff. So like I can sit down, I'm in front of my computer, but like, I literally, like I, I, I get up in the morning, I go downstairs, I let my dog out, make my coffee. I have my cup of coffee. I come upstairs, I sit down in front of my computer, computer, excuse me. And I start probably about like, say, 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm not done until 5, 6. And I'm still grading. And Kevin's done with his work. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just got to get this done. Because I was still grading at night, too. And people don't oh. get that. And that's, that's like even like a normal day. Like when you're regularly at school, I, I actually get more done here virtually, like online, because I don't have the kids coming to talk to me. But and, that and was I actually miss that. my next question. Is it easier for you to be doing this online or is it easier for you to be doing it in the school? I mean, so uh, it's, I know well, you said about I, the, the more human experience, I think it's probably better to be done in school. But yeah. as far as just, well, just your work is concerned, is it easier to do how you're doing it now or it, it's the other faster? Way? Like I can get more graded. I can get more work graded and done um, like once the kid does it. But, you know, here rather than school. But because in, in school, like I start to do some like I, I only have like one or two periods. Well, every day is different in my school. So like I might get like one period one day, I make it two periods another day off. Lunch is never off. I always have kids with me. So even when I have a free period, it's usually not free. I always have somebody mm -hmm. coming like asking for extra help. So like I, I don't normally get a chance to get much grading done at school. I usually have to do it at home. Um, but uh, here, what, what's different here is, is like, if I, and I'll, I'll make videos to put it with the lessons that I post online so the kids can see it and rewatch it. But if kids don't understand it, so then I do like a Google hangout with them. So then they'll show up and they'll ask me questions, but if the kid misses that, so they're texting me, they're calling me, they're emailing me. What's this? Well, I don't understand this. So, so, now, this is, so now I'm like, you know, like reteaching the lesson, you know, to like 20 kids if they didn't quite understand something. So it's, it's a weird mix. It's, it's such a very different situation i don't know it's like i'm on yeah, call that, more now that student that student interaction is important so yeah on and i really miss it right and i don't know what i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm sure other teachers are thinking the same thing so if we start next year virtually like i'll have my juniors this year they'll be my seniors next year because i i was i move up with them but i'm gonna get new juniors i, I don't know how to make that connection with them if i can't meet them in person and see them. I'll be like, hey. that's, that's actually a good point right there. Yeah. I mean, I, Holy shit. you only react and get so much of a thing for a person like an online text or whatever. 
but you don't really you can't gauge what they're doing or how they're feeling right until you see how they're feeling you're doing yeah right or so like how do you or, do or, that? I, mean, I can't even imagine even like working. kindergarten teachers you know like what are the kindergarten teachers going to do like holy crap i can't even imagine that well the other like right. one of the other questions i had and it's kind of important too um Physical education. I mean, I don't even know if they still do that in school nowadays. I assume they do. They do. Yeah. Um, how how are we dealing with that in this this situation, or aren't we? Well, um, my school. I can only speak for my school. I don't know what other schools are doing, but my school. <laughs> God bless them. They're doing. They do. <laughs> they're doing like a. I guess it's a like they they usually do a Google Hangout or a Zoom thing. So they they actually have like a video usually every morning. They the guys are it's, it's we have two male gym teachers, and then we have like a female that does yoga. So the woman's like doing the yoga stuff. Like she'll do the, like do a, a yoga thing like 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 a, a morning like like a half hour hour whatever it is, and, okay. and like she'll do like a video of it. So like the kids can log in and do that like with her, or they can do it later. Like they can do the video with her and like they 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 do the gym thing like that. The guys are doing all kinds of different things. Sometimes they do like weightlifting, like with whatever you got. <laughs> like they might say, "Hey, pick up a a, a gallon of Clorox bleach," and like you know, and so they're doing yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> so, so they're doing that, like whatever you got in your house. So so they're 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 trying to make it work. You know, they're like you know, jog in place, do jumping jacks, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, they're they're doing what you know the best they can. I got to give them credit. You know, I mean, you, you got to work with what you got. So. <laughs> I mean, are they basically ensuring these kids are still getting their exercise and all that, or is there no yeah, way really what, for them to do it? Yeah, well, it's, and it's hard, too, in New York City because they're basically telling people you need to stay inside. Um, yeah. But they're, they're opening up more streets um, for, for people to, like, you know, be able to, like, you know, so they're closing it to traffic and letting, you know, people, like, actually get in the streets. But most of the streets that they're opening are uh, in Manhattan and Brooklyn, you know, um, not so much in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I have to say, I, I will, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do a little shout out. It's a nonprofit organization. It's called Donors Choose. And um, I actually volunteer with them and I've, I've spent a lot of time with them. They, they are amazing. They um, help teachers get supplies for their classrooms, for their kids. And, um, they've, they've helped me do a lot for my kids over the years. Um, and so basically you write like a little grant, almost like a little paragraph, you pick things like on Amazon or Best Buy or what, wherever the supplies that you need. And, um, over the years I've been able to get, um, probably 35, uh, Chromebooks for my classroom. Like I have a classroom set of Chromebooks for my kids to use. I have a computer cart for them. I've got, I mean, oh my God, I've gotten computers. I've gotten books. I've gotten supplies. I've gotten things for the kids. I've gotten trips so many things that people fund like they say say oh this is really nice so people can go online they see the you know they look for a project they think oh wow this is a nice project i, I like this i'm going to throw in ten dollars or whatever and people get things funded so they took this whole situation this crazy situation that's happened and they've turned their um system around a bit and made it so that teachers can get stuff delivered to their their own house if they need to and then they can get it to the students or they've actually made it so they can get delivered to the students in some cases so like we're able to get like supplies to the kids if they need like because some some kids like we didn't know like we when you know friday the 13th march 13th was the last day of school and then we didn't come back we didn't know you know what i mean it was like holy shit like and and i haven't been back to the school since then and so, you know, nobody knew, you know, and the kids weren't allowed, they were allowed to come to pick up a computer if they needed to, but they weren't allowed to get back in the building. So they have notebooks, everything else was left at school. So 
this, this organization has been able to help us get supplies to the kids in their hands. And this is nationwide. So, I mean, I got to give them a lot of credit. They've been really helpful in like changing their, their format. And so, you know, kids have been able to get stuff. Like they've been able to get like, I know I've seen, I've seen a lot cause I volunteer with them. So I could do stuff on the back end, and I'm seeing like, you know, kids, you know, teachers getting projects for like Legos and stuff like that. So like the kids can like still like do manipulatives because you got kids who, who need to be able to use, um, especially kids, you know, like the elementary school kids who, who learn more by doing and building and like have to have manipulatives or, you know, and uh, especially, you know, we have a lot of kids with, you know, on the autism spectrum and, and, and who need like, you know, like, like tactile experiences. And, and so they've been able to get supplies to these kids who otherwise couldn't like, you know, kids are in, in poor areas, like in, I'm sure like in Louisiana and Tennessee and like, you know, in New York city and all over the country. And so, you know, it's been pretty awesome. So that they've been really helpful to, a lot of teachers and a lot of students, and you know, so that's that's a good thing. Okay, um, I, I want to apologize to the people who are actually sent my friends that are sending messages that are listening to this show that I'm basically turning this in, into an interview with me and Carrie. I actually Sorry. find this subject very very interesting, and uh, I'm, I, I kind of want to go with it more, even more. So uh, please bear with me if you if people have anything else that they want to chime in, please by all means. Our call in number is five one five six zero five nine eight three two. Otherwise, I'm going to keep running, running with my questions with this because I'm, I'm very, very curious the situation with our children right now. Um, Carrie, um, remember, are you remember, with, uh, what's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Remember, you have a fourth hour too. That's all. Well, I'm not going to go talk. too much into the fourth hour tonight because I, 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 I actually did have to work very early today. But I'm done, I'm I hear done, you, I'm Mike. Look, <laughs> right. Carrie, um, what, do uh, like what are they doing in the schools themselves? Are you feeling like they're doing the schools themselves through? Uh, to contain, like, deal with this uh, problem, uh, the virus and all that? Like, are they filling with the air purifiers or anything like that? Are they just trying to sanitize everything the best they can? Or, Well, um, so before this all happened, like, I actually did donor choose projects. I got um, um, air purifiers myself um, and mm-hmm. actually humidifiers to because our uh, – so our school, we have a very small school, but we're not even in a school building. Um, so New York City is a disaster when it comes to stuff like this. I can't speak for other schools. Um, but um, my school, actually, we rent our building. We're, it's not even a school. Okay. It's never meant to be a school. <laughs> we have a landlord. Um, and we're actually, we rent, it used to be an old welfare building. And so we don't have a gym. We don't have a real cafeteria. We have like a, a multi-purpose room. Um <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a nightmare and um, the building's falling apart. Um, We had massive leaking going on. As a matter of fact, um, the back music office that I share with the music teacher um, had massive leaking and it destroyed uh, my computer. It destroyed my printer. Um, uh, So anyhow, um, and I'm guaranteeing you there's mold growing in there because it's not obviously not good for a bunch of young, young students. No, no. And so we only have, right. So they base the custodial staff, um, how many custodians you get, on the size of the school. My, so my school is grade 6 to 12, but we only have like 685 students. So it's a very small school. So we only have like one head custodian and like two or three like sort of like, you know, cleaners, basically, janitors. And okay. so trying to, trying to keep the building clean and together and you don't they don't pay the the, the regular janitors very much, it's impossible. So right before all this started happening, they were saying, okay, so we're going to do deep cleaning um, uh, twice a week. Well, after the, the, the first time that was supposed to be deep cleaned, 
like oh i mean like i found um like gum on the floor there were two bottles like two empty snapple bottles like under a desk i'm like so clearly you didn't deep clean if i can still find like bags of garbage very obvious stuff there yeah yeah so there's no i mean there's no way there's no way and like and this is where the union's actually good they're like we're not gonna let anybody go back we're not gonna let kids go back we're not gonna let staff go back until this is is taken care of and because they don't they didn't have the right and i was talking to the ones the head custodian is a great guy and he's like we don't have the supplies and it's not it wasn't my school's fault this is from the doe like they weren't providing you know, everybody with the right supplies. Like they just didn't have the stuff to clean. And it's just like, holy shit. I mean, like not picking up a bag with a bottle in it, that's another problem. But I mean, like the actual cleaning stuff. Yeah, no. I mean, we didn't have soap in some of the bathrooms. Half the time we ran out of toilet paper. We used to stash toilet paper. The principal would give me a case of toilet paper to stash in the back music office because I was right across the hall from the, the staff bathroom. And she'd be like, hey, if we run out of toilet paper, here, just bring some over. It's like, that's how bad it was. Like, come on. <laughs> They have to hide yeah. it from themselves almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, so, yeah, that's crazy. All right, the, the other question I have about this whole situation is, uh, with, with the way things have changed over now, are there any positives to what's the changes you, you guys have been forced to make that, there were, that did not exist before all this happened? Is there any good takeaways from uh, the way you guys have to operate now, in your opinion? Um. Yeah, I think I think there are uh, um there are a lot. Like I think the kids have uh grown up a lot. Um gotten much more mature. Um I do a I do like a daily check-in question. It's a very simple quick little like just to it's sort of like an attendance thing cuz like I give an assignment on a Monday and it's not due till Friday. Like I, I I just give them one assignment and then like every day I give them like a check-in question. Like it's it could be anything. Like the other day, like today it was um you know, do you guys get, you know, do you do home cooked meals or do you do takeout or do you do like, you know, just like, just to see that, make sure there's, you know, still touching base with, you know, just to see how they're doing. Right. And so I, I get a lot of, yeah. And so I'll get kids, some kids will just be like, oh, you know, they'll answer with one or two words. And then I'll get other kids who like write an entire paragraph. And so I'm, I'm getting to know them a little bit better, um, believe it or not even though I don't get to see them every day, they're, they're talking to me more because sometimes they feel like they can, they, they'll write a lot more um, when they think it's more of like a sort of like, like an interaction, like via text almost um, mm-hmm. than they would feel comfortable saying in front of a whole class. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting their personalities. Like I'm, and I'm thinking mostly of my juniors because I know my seniors, I've had them for two years. So some of my juniors are really starting to um, I'm seeing their personalities and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting to know them better, even though it's, it's virtual. And I'm also seeing kids helping other kids a lot more. Like, so for instance, like if, if a kid doesn't understand how to do something in a Google hangout or whatever, the kid will be, another kid will be like, Hey, listen, you know, I'll, I'll call you later. I'll show you how to do it. It's really easy. Don't worry about it. And so I see a lot of the kids stepping up and helping other kids, which is really good, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so that's nice that 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 makes me happy so there are good things about it yeah and I mean like and and I've I, it's that makes me happy and and like the and a lot of the kids are reaching out to me and and we're talking more and it's not even just it's not about like but they always have talked to me um about things other than just like you know grades but I'm glad that they feel they have someone they can talk to and like sometimes it's just like you know uh, you know and then like one of my kids who wants to be an actor and he's, he's amazing and he has a lot of experience and his, his mom two weeks after we went um, like, you know, on lockdown, his mom actually um, died from this. 
and uh, yeah, and he was a mess. And, um, and he, he just, you know, the support of his friends and, you know, he didn't say anything. Like I, I reached out to him a couple of times and then I just listen, I'm here if you need me. And, and he just said, I know, thank you. That's all that I need. And, you know, he's, he's come around. It's, it's a rough thing, but you know, I mean, it's just, it, the schools really turned into like, uh, we've always been a bit of a family cause we're so small and the kids complain, you know, everyone knows my business here, but you know what? It's, it's, it turned out to be a good thing too. Okay. All right. Well, I, I've kind of like ran, you know, dominated the last hour and a half or so after Dan did the first hour guys, we've got a couple other co-hosts here. Please chime in. Uh, let, let's know. Let, let, let me know what you guys are doing. What's on, what's on your mind, Carrie, um, Herbie, Dan, Elsie, if you're there, please. We we got a half hour left. Let's yeah. let's go with someone else on this. Did we lose Elise? I, I don't. She's I, never I really, know she was on, but I don't. Think she might have dropped off again, so it, it's possible. Yeah. Who knows? Well, she had oh, to work okay. late, and then she she was here in the in the the Facebook group, but she never called in. So I don't know. She's probably been like kind of busy and working and all that yeah, so we can't let that dad smurgler guy doing all the talking anymore he, he's no just, no he's too confusing <laughs> he's got a great he's back still hiding in here. the background he's like a creeper now i've i've reached my destination but uh i'm still listening and well, i think i've said about least, dan thank Holy you thank crap. you and uh Great post, Herbie, with the trucker stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I would love if people would go on Herbie's wall and share that post because I really would like to see that get out there. And otherwise, I'm very happy with the conversation. I love it. I appreciate everybody. So I'm going to go back to mute. Like I said, you know, I... I Until we start talking about it again. They do creep in on the conversation. (laughs) All right, so does anyone anyone else have anything they want to put in here? We have silence. Herbie, anything from you? Yeah, man, Sorry, you've been awesome. <laughs> no, it's okay, because you know what? I think it's all Dan's fault that Herbie never talks, because Dan always makes fun. Like, yeah. oh, Herbie just sits there and doesn't Dan say anything, but up. Herbie's talked Dan a lot keeps today. Down. I yeah. Uh, now he's back. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, right no, now. No. Now I gotta go back <laughs> in my show. Yep, there you go. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> Herbie the turtle. Right. That's right. Hey, hey. No, I'm, don't, I'm don't very opinionated. I'm very strongly opinionated. But when Dan gets on his rant, I'm just like I actually start listening to him. To be honest with you, yeah. For the first hour, and after that, I just I, oh yeah, I, I got to understanding. I was just over the first half hour, forty five minutes. I'm like, damn, I wish he'd shut up. I, I couldn't <laughs> live with Dan in the capacity that I would live with him. Like there would just be a horrible day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 You're welcome. I, I, You're welcome. I would literally blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that, live stream it because we can make money off that. Oh, we wow. probably would. Yeah. We probably would. They, they'd, rather, they'd rather see my, my brains than your face, though. Uh, that's true. Ooh. I got I got introduced oh, to Twitch oh, last night. Have you guys watched Twitch? Have you looked at that at all? It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I my god. I don't that crap to be honest with you. So I that TikTok or whatever either. the crap hell is called. I have oh no my god. interest in any of that. So let me tell you something. So Kevin put it on last night. He's like, "Look, this is something we could do." And I'm looking at it and like I was literally watching this like bumbling idiot woman with two dogs trying to put together some piece of furniture and she'd been on for like, I don't know, like 2 hours and people were watching her. Well, we were watching her for like 5 minutes. I'm just staring at it like people are watching this. 
And they were like, I don't know. She was make, she had like 40,000 like followers or some stupid shit. Like, I'm like, people are literally watching this idiot try to put furniture together. Like, this is what people watch. Like 40,000 uh, people. Right, yeah. Like, what the hell? I don't My understand. interest for all that online video stuff, watching people do stuff, ended with two girls, one cup. And mm, after mm-hmm. that, I was like, I'm good. Oh, my God. I'll never forget Holy that. Holy shit, yeah. you went there. Wow. You I can't there. scrub your eyes from that, yes. Yeah, there's not enough bleach in the world to rid me of those visions. Oh, God. No. But, but that's so where my, my interest in, like, major social media with people interacting <laughs> with other people. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, right? I'll stick with Facebook and those things. Oh, God. So, Herbie, tell me. So, so, so talk to us. Like, what's going on with you? Like, I, I, I you know, like, are you, you're, Herbie, are you in you New York or what? Storm that happened up that way or? What was yeah. that? Yeah. Did you guys get affected by that snowstorm that apparently came through last week or whatever? Oh, yeah, actually we did. I mean, where, where I'm at, we're up in the, a uh, little bit of a higher elevation. Okay. And we, uh, we had, probably, we all got, I think like two inches. All right, it's not too bad. But uh, I know no, I mean, they got like seven or eight. I was like, oh, all right. But still, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was extremely <laughs> high elevation where they saw those, those, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of numbers because it, it really, it really um, lost its intensity, you know, pretty quick. Okay. So but pretty I mean, much everything's gone. Well, being gone by now, I would assume. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've, I've been out mowing my lawn already. I went out and bought a new lawnmower because I just have to have a better freaking lawn now. Yeah. And I've been laying down some grass seed to put some patchwork, getting ready to set up the pool, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. All right. And now, what were you nice. asking me, Carrie? I was just wondering. So, are you you're in New York or? Yes. Okay, because like I, I just was when you and then Mike was asking about the snow. I mean, Saturday we had like it was weird. We had like this like one like squall after another after another. It was just like and then we get sunny and then it be snow and then it was just like. <sighs> it, it, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, really annoying. But I'm I'm not too far from the Pennsylvania border. I'm like 35 gotcha. minutes from the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania border, gotcha. just up high elevation. We're we we must be fairly close then, because we're pretty high elevation too, and we're not that far from New York either. We're like I told you, we were we were bootleggers going over to Narrowsburg to get our uh, our hooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you're not yeah. you're not far from me at all. I mean, your your house yeah. is probably less than an hour from me. Now, does oh, New York still have that uh, quarantine thing where if a person comes from another state, they have to be isolated for 14 days, or is that just certain New York or... wasn't doing that. No, New York yeah, was still about it. No, it. they were quarantining New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from New York, you have to go away for a while. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people that go to the liquor stores in um, the border of Pennsylvania and New York? You know, yeah, how many would be quarantined? That'd be like oh, yeah. <laughs> almost all of Pennsylvania. Well, listen, when, when we went to, um, and this was a couple of weeks ago, when we went to the liquor store in Narrowsburg, they were ecstatic to have us because they were like, no, no, come on over. And like, we, we you know, we spent, you know, because we stocked up and they were very happy. I was <laughs> like, of course, you know, come on. And it's like, thank we you. We stocked you know? up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's stupid. I was... I was saying to um, uh, Dan earlier, and actually I said, I think on the show, I was listening, like we're talking about the different counties, you know, in, in Pennsylvania. And I know that Cuomo is doing the same thing with New York. I don't know what the governor of Louisiana is doing, but, you know, how certain counties are, are able to move into certain like, you know, zones or whatever, as far as being able to open. And, 
and um, the one county here in in Pennsylvania, Wayne County, um, is still in the red zone. So is Pike, um, but Wayne County with a had so few you know issues, um, and and they don't understand why they're still in, in you know the zone. And the one guy who is actually the owner of one of the grocery stores actually in in Hawley, Pennsylvania, he's like, listen, you know you know whether you like this or not, in like about two weeks. Uh, it's going to be Memorial Day and you're going to have a whole bunch of people because this area is sort of in the middle of um, both New York and Philadelphia. So you get a lot of people from both cities who come here. They have their second homes. There's uh, um, Promised Land State Park. A lot of people have places, you know, little cabins there. There's a lot of people at Lake Juan Pawpack have houses, you know, like their summer homes or their yeah, weekend I homes or whatever. Places. Living in yeah. Northeastern Pennsylvania, I can tell you it's a beautiful area over there. Yeah. That's besides the point. Right. Well, no, but I mean, that's why people have places. And so, you know, so the owner of the, the IGA in Holly, he's like, listen, whether, whether you want to hear or not, they're going to be here and they have a right to be here. And they do, you know, because they pay taxes, they pay property taxes. And, and it's like, you know, and, and where are they going to go um, to buy stuff? They're going to go to the big box stores because that's all that's open. And, you know, I mean, Holly doesn't have a lot um, as far as stores go. It's mostly restaurants really and stuff, you know, and then a few gift shops, I guess, up by the lake, but like Honesdale, where, you know, not a lot of people are staying up there because it's a little too far, but they stay in, you know, like the Holly area, but then they go up to Honesdale because it's a cute little town with a whole bunch of little shops and stuff. They're all closed because it's, you know, not allowed to be open. And if they don't start opening, I mean, like, it's kind of like the scene from Jaws, you know, like, you know, they, they, you know, they need to be open from basically, you know, 4th of July, you know, straight through a Memorial Day here, you know, and, and you know, they need to make their money. And if they don't, One of you my know, favorite places up that way, it? the Holly Homesdale area was up. I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but they had a giant open fire pit for smoking chicken in that. It was right off of one of the main roads. I can't remember the name of it, but God, I used to go there every hmm. year for a couple of years. It was like, it had like an open pavilion area where they had a big mm-hmm. fire pit in the middle of it. It kind of went in like a L shape. And it was right off, you oh. get off the interstate, you turn uh-huh. left, you go down, you get to the stoplight, you turn right, you go towards Holly, and it was maybe like a mile or mile and a half up that road. I can't think what the name of it was, but that place was phenomenal, and they used to have great chicken there. Oh, the Ledgedale Barbecue Pit. That's probably it. I, like I said, I can't remember the name of it, but that's you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a barbecue right. pit. That sounds familiar because it was a big right. open pit right. that they had people, you know, they grill the chicken on there, and they had big big picnic bench seats to sit yep. on. Uh, yeah, all right. We're probably oh, talking about the same place. Oh, you're talking. Are you talking about the place in Hamlin? It was um, Kundalas. It might have been. Ha- they're all Kundalas in the same barbecue. Area, so it's, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I, yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I right. love it. Yeah, no. Yeah, they had some. They, they had a lot of barbecue places up here and all. And like, and I, I assume it's, they're not open right now because of no. this whole thing. Well, also. I mean, the the thing is, and that's another thing. Like a lot of, I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's places all around that that rely on summer tourism. You know, and. The thing is, is a lot of people like now, I mean, you're not going to be, I mean, summer, you're not going to be going real far away anymore. Right. I mean, probably not. Right. And, you know, if you, so the local tourism stuff, you're, they're going to need to be open. And, and, and I'm sure this is true for no matter where you are in the United States. It's like They, they were all on a short term pop up business, pop up business for this, for their business to stay afloat. I mean, you get one yeah. or two months and that's it, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, the places that are dependent on it are going to get killed right now, and yeah. I can only hope they're going to be open next year. But you don't know. Yeah, and and they were, and that was something they were saying. Um, uh, I can only speak for Wayne County when I was listening to the um, the county commissioners and the business leaders and all that were talking on the radio uh, yesterday, and they were saying it's like 
I think back in January, they said that they had uh, 400 people in the entire uh, county of Wayne County, entire county, were on unemployment. And as of April, something like 4,000 were on Oof. unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, a big, like it's, that's a big difference. Yeah. It's huge. And they were saying it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's in, you know, it's insupportable. And they were saying that they, they were talking, the woman who was speaking, I don't know what, what her job was, something to do with the, the money, I guess, in, in the county. And she's saying, you know, she was in, you know, conversation with the banks in Philadelphia um, that deals with like all this stuff, you know, for Pennsylvania. And, and it's just like, you know, we're, we're lucky enough that with the small businesses, with what the, the aid that came through with the federal government, with the state government, that you know they're they're able they have been able to at least in Wayne County to have bridged this gap so far. Um, but that really that after this two month period and uh, March uh, May nineteenth is going to be I think the two month uh, period that Governor Wolf has imposed. Basically, it's two months uh, as of March uh, May nineteenth. Um, they're not going to be able to survive past that, and that they they need to get open. So. I haven't seen any more news. I think tomorrow is when some more counties were supposed to move into the yellow, but still not like uh, the areas in the eastern Pennsylvania. And I heard a whole bunch of counties were like, we're going to go no matter what. And Governor Wolf is like, you better not. And then I saw where um, the the, the problem is, is that so I know that some businesses and I and I put this on my Facebook wall and like nobody like there was two likes. That was it. And I'm just like, I'm not trying to stir up shit. Um, but like, and I'm concerned cause I know a couple people who own small businesses. There's one gentleman that, um, went to my high school and he has a pizzeria and, you know, I, I definitely support him and, you know, and, and, oh, you know, let's, I even, let's I even talk about Northeastern Pennsylvania pizza cause I miss that severely. Oh, oh. <laughs> please don't tell me you like old forge pizza. Do not put I, American cheese on pizza. My favorite pizza place is Angelo's on Hazel street in Wilkes-Barre. That is, is like real, my favorite place in the world right now. It's got mozzarella cheese, right? Oh yeah. Okay, all right. Just because because we had to get that out of the way because when you're in northeastern Pennsylvania, it's okay. I mean, I bet victory uh, pig no, and things like that. They're, they're good to you, but no, Mike, I've lost all respect for you, man. You can't put uh, American cheese on pizza. That's just gross. It's, it's the way you do it. If you're doing a Sicilian pizza, you can get away with it. But if you're doing a round no. pizza, there's a certain way you need to do it. No. Oh, Mike, we'll talk later. <laughs> All right. That's the hour four, folks. Yeah, there we go. But um, but the the thing that I, I was concerned about is that I heard like the insurance, like who, I don't know who the, the title of these people, but the person who's in charge of insurance in the state of Pennsylvania, I didn't know there was such a thing, said that the thing to be concerned about is that if you're a business in a county that is not supposed to be open yet and you open, um, insurance will not cover you. Yeah. So like, yeah. and, and so I made that point and then someone's like, well, you know, so, you know, how are you going to prove that I got COVID-19 in your business? I'm like, that's not what I'm fucking talking about. Can you stop and think for a second? What if somebody slips and falls in your business? Right. You know, people are so happy. I slipped and fell. I'm suing you. Oh, your insurance isn't going to cover that. Goodbye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, that's what I'm worried about. And so I tried to make the point and nobody's listening to me. I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I tried to say something, but that's that's what I'm concerned about. There, there's a lot of ways for for um, small businesses again to get screwed. Still. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I said they're not out of the woods, folks. I mean, even if they say even if they say every every COVID restriction is lifted tomorrow, which isn't going to happen, there are a lot of hurdles for the smaller businesses that to deal with. 
especially the ones that have to reopen. I mean, you know, a lot of we a lot of them closed out and actually we're actually just stay afloat because of that. They're like, all right, we're shut down. We're gonna minimize our expenses. When everything's good, we'll come back up. When that happens, mm-hmm. they still got a lot of hurdles ahead of them. And yeah. uh yeah. you know, I, I don't wanna give a guesstimate about how many of them aren't gonna be able to do it, but it's gonna be a decent amount. I mean, if I were to guess, I'd say twenty five percent are not gonna make yeah. make reopening. Yeah. At least I'm guessing, yeah. It's 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 so bad. And like and, and then I'm like businesses and how, how how it affects the economy. I mean, we've already got about a hundred thousand that are shut down. Imagine that goes like two hundred and fifty thousand. So like, oh small businesses, that's nothing. Let's say we employ ten people a pop. Two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. is two point five million people. Yep. I mean that's <laughs> Yeah, well, that was another point they were making on the 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 interview or the 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 talk they were giving yesterday for uh, Wayne County. They were saying, you know, one of the things that the governor here was saying, some of the the, the points that he was trying to make that you have to have things under control and all that. Well, they were saying that the the most it was like eighty percent of the businesses in Wayne County had ten or fewer employees. And, right. and so the the biggest employees, in, the employers in the in the county were the school district, which hello closed, um, the county itself, okay, um, and the hospital. So you know, right there, you know, like the, the you know, and then of course the big box stores, right? So it's like eighty right. percent so of the employers in in the county had ten or fewer employees. Like right there, you already know that it's going to be much more easy, much easily, much more easily uh, dealt with as far as like keeping things, you know, c- you know, clean or under control or you know, like whatever, whatever you want to call it. In the, yeah, you know, the small businesses right actually should have been allowed to stay open because you can control it the way you're talking about. I mean, you don't right. have a whole huge customer base. You can control the flow of your customers and be like, hey, we can take ten out right now. If you guys wouldn't mind waiting for about ten minutes. We'll take care mm-hmm. of you. People will be perfectly fine with that. Instead, they're forced yeah. to be shut down and uh, make everyone else suffer. They make yeah. their employees suffer, make the employers suffer, and mm-hmm. uh, the customers suffer. Because right. I, I, I can tell you how many people, like talking down here, I wish I could go to the store because I don't like being around 100 other people and they given, you know, in, in this situation. I'm like, I perfectly understand that because I wouldn't want to be around 100 people when I'm worried about being sick. Right. Yeah, I don't like being around 100 people when I'm not even worried about being sick. You oh, know? yeah. Like, Just generally being antisocial there, which I agree with. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you have something to worry about, be like, do I want to be in a large group of people that could possibly be sick? Or like rather be in a group of like 10 people? Yeah. Which I, I right. can actually get a good gauge if someone's actually sick or not. If they are, right. well, I'm going to walk out until they're done and I'm fine right. with that. Right. You know, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it boggles my mind. Like so, even when, um, like I said, it was a couple of weeks ago when Kevin and I went over to Narrowsburg and we went to the to the liquor store there. And they, you know, I, and I'm being respectful of any. I know that, like, you know, I know Dan doesn't like, you know, the idea of wearing masks or whatever. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to someone's business. I will respect their wishes. I don't mind. And so, um, you know, especially the small business owners. And so, like the Narrowsburg guy, I'm like, so, you know, what do you want us to do? And he's like, you know, you need to wear a mask. And but we're only letting one person at a time, unless you're with somebody else. And then both of you can come in. I'm like, okay, cool. So we got there. There was somebody else in the store, so we just waited outside. It was fine. And they came out, and we went in, and it was like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that, you know. And, and it was very respectful. Nobody was a problem. And, you know, they're, they're, people are being good. But then, did you, oh, my God, Mike, did you – and Herbie, did you guys see the um, – I guess on Mother's Day, Red Lobster, like, fucked up nationwide. I guess they didn't – Oh, yes. Um, 
<laughs> I, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, oh, so they're I've ordering so many posts. <laughs> yes, their ordering system like did not. They did not account for the fact that their stores, their their restaurants were like on lower like employee situation here, and like it happened in York, Pennsylvania. It happened like all over. Like they so they they were taking in way more orders than they could handle. And so there were like, there were people who came, the parking lots were mobbed. They were waiting for their food for an hour, two hours, three hours. Some of them never got their food, but they had to pay online ahead of time. There were riots. They had to call police. I mean, there was huh. a woman in uh, in York, Pennsylvania, which oh, is like, like a South pickup service or something you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, or? and like she, she okay. yes, and so she went in and she like she actually made her she actually got into the restaurant which they weren't even supposed to be able to do, and she like she punched like one of the people, and then so they were all calling it like a it was a Karen incident, I guess. And I'm like, holy shit! It's like, wow! It's like yeah. the and and then and the people are saying like the entitlement here. It's like holy fuck! Like the people are like we didn't get our Mother's Day food. I'm like, first off. You're ordering from Red Lobster. Can we not give business to the big chains? Can we like look to our like local like people first? And that's what like my husband and I have been doing. Like I've been doing a lot of cooking. I love to cook, but like we try to do it like once a week. We'll do like we'll do like takeout like from a local restaurant. We have not gone to any chains. Like you know, like tonight we got dinner from the the Ridge in Holly. Great Italian food. Oh my god, amazing. So, you know, like we once a week, we do that, you know, to support the local businesses. Why are you going to Red Lobster? Come on. They own Red Lobster, Olive Garden. Come on. Yeah, I, I, I've never understood why people go to these restaurants with such frequency. I mean, the, the food more often than not is just not that good. No. In my opinion, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a food snob. I mean, I, that's what I do. I'm a chef. Yeah. I cook for a living. But small scale restaurants can't even be open right now. I mean, most of them had to, mm-hmm. unless they could just convert themselves to a care, uh, takeout business or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because a lot of them couldn't do it. I know down here in Louisiana, um, I, I can think of at least four restaurants out of the top of my head who can't be open because they couldn't convert it to the, the way that they wanted them to. Oh, and, wow. Uh, that's the difference between the chain restaurants and these uh, the smaller restaurants and how it affects things. Yeah. Right. Well, I was surprised that like with governor Wolf here in Pennsylvania, who's like been like compared to a whole bunch of things. Cause he's been like, like really strict the lockdown. He, um, so the both houses, which, you know, of, of Pennsylvania, like the, the Senate, the, whatever the hell is the, the, both of the lawmaking, the Democrats and the Republicans in um, the state agreed 100% unanimously said it's okay for uh, Pennsylvania bars and restaurants to now sell takeout drinks, cocktails. I'm like, what? So, I'm like, I don't know if that's a great idea. I mean, like, it's great New Orleans when you can, like, you know, walk around with your hurricane, you know, all that. But, like, you gotta, I mean, like I'm going to drive up to the bar. And I hope it's changed the way it is. I, that, that's one of the things I think that's hope, hopefully the takeaways from this virus are. Businesses should be freer to do what they what yeah. they want to do, rather than yeah. adhere uh, adhere to these ridiculous restrictions that weren't ne- apparently weren't necessary in the first place. Well, Pennsylvania is really bad because I mean, and you know, oh, Mike, if you, hey, you since you lived uh, here before, like I, I mean, like prohibition era, decade, like so liquor store. I, I know what goes on there. So, but uh, <laughs> apparently, we all can figure out how to exist with these mm-hmm. things happening. And uh, if we right. can do it now, we probably should have been able to do it then. And uh, right? I'm hoping in the future that they don't say, take this away from people and say, oh, well, now you can't do it again because this, 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 this emergency isn't there anymore. It's like, hey, if it was good enough to do for a temporary time, it's good enough to do all the time. Well, and actually puts more, business, more money in businesses' pockets yeah. to have 
various means of distributing their product. Well, if they're going to tell us that, like, you know, they, they, and, and like they did with, like, you know, 9-11 when they, they said, okay, so now we, we can make you take your shoes off when you're going through your airport and all that because, you know, we did it, like, once and now we can keep doing it. Well, if we can do this now during a state of emergency, then we should be able to do it in, going forward, too. We should be able to have yeah, take out, exactly. you know, Bloody Marys it, or it, whatever it, the hell it is. It's good enough to do now. It's good enough to do in the future. Yep, I agree. Um, again, I hate to interrupt and bring things to a wrap, but we've got about nine minutes left. I know this is usually time reserved for uh, the, the co-hosts to say their last statements. And with nine minutes, I think we all need to get this out there. Does anyone else have anything they want to finish up on? And I know well, we're giving Dan the last five, so. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm right, genuinely so curious. We got four minutes end. then. Herbie, what <laughs> yeah. do you got? Well, I'm yeah, genuinely talk. curious, like I said, because I work, in a, I work in a casino, the one up in Sullivan County. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, Cats, Cat, um, Resorts World Catskills. I work for that. I want to put it out there because there's people that actually go after us for uh, doing things. They went after Dan's mother, for Christ's sake. So, what? Well, I mean, hey, listen, pe- people can come to Long me. I, mean, I, got, I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got plenty of um, rock salt for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm phase four. I could, I guess we said it's phase three because I have a hotel attached to me, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fall under phase four. And mm-hmm. I'm curious to see just how long it's going to take for them to open up my casino because, one, a lot of the clientele that we have there is either one Asian from the city or um... other city people. We don't have a ton of clientele right in the Sullivan County area. No, definitely not. You know, a lot of the people we have are coming from the most highly infected area. And I, I'm wondering if they're going to take that into account and mm. really hold off the opening of this place. Wow. Yeah. You know, given this state, because really Sullivan County, when I looked, uh, they, they don't have that many. They I think they have like a thousand confirmed cases at most and over half is recovered. Right. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, when when you put the numbers out there, it's like, oh, well, it should be open next week type of thing. But given the right. fact of its clientele, I wonder if they're even going right. to open up in the summer. And if they don't open up in the summer, I don't know what the hell they're going to do because they're a new casino that was still in the red. Right. Well, it's interesting because they have the hotels have opened up here in Pennsylvania, even in the red zone. Right. Like we have like, the, which is weird because the restaurants are like, I, I'm like, so hotels are allowed to be open, but they can't have the restaurants open that are attached to the hotels. That's a good point, Herbie. Mm-hmm. Huh. Do they do uh, room service and that sort of stuff with those or no? Or yeah, no? yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're doing room service, yeah. Room, not rune. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Let yeah, me read your room. I'm in the opposite situation of Herbie, which is that basically the casino I'm at is a video poker casino. And oh, uh, we, cool. we actually just got the okay to open next week. So we're brushing huh. everything cleaned up and up and ready. And uh, we're, we're practicing, practicing the social distancing Whereas we can only have 25% of our, our normal occupancy in the casino at any given time. So it's severely restricting what we can do, but at least we're starting are you to get have back to, to like, Are you going to have to clean but, the machines like as soon as somebody leaves or something? Like, how's that going to work? Yeah, well, that's basically what we're going to do is when we hit a certain amount of people, if someone else wants to come in, we're going to have to take their phone number. And when a customer leaves, we'll call them. Have that person come in, and before they even set that off the machine, we're going to clean it off in front of them, make sure, you know, rubbing alcohol the whole nine yards so that they know that machine's clean and they can play with play in safety. Oh, but you're going to have to, but you're going to sign them to a machine? Don't, I know some people when they go to it's casinos, they're like, no, I have to feel a machine. So if we have, if we have X amount of places available and we're full, we call mm-hmm. the next person when that person leaves, like, look, this is a machine we have available for you. 
I'm sorry. That's that's the best we can do. Gotcha. You know, because we can't because uh, the uh, state gaming commission only allows us to have certain machines. Basically, it's like the machines that are six feet apart from the other machines are the ones that we can have open. You know, mm-hmm. this is wow. It wasn't something that we had planned in years in advance, but this is what they told us we had to do. So it's like, okay, this might not be a popular machine, but it's six feet away from the next one, so that's the one you can sit at. You know. <laughs> wow. All right, well, but as Herbie said, it's a, it's yeah. it's five up. So Dan, Time. Dan, yeah. I guess we got to let you I'm talk out. again. Jeez. He does a lot of talking. Why, thank you. Oh, there he is. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wants to talk. Come on, Mike. <laughs> hey, I've been very judicious with this. I mean, this is. You have. Remember been. when I started I have, doing I this? I give you credit. <laughs> I almost forgot when I started doing this. Again. <laughs> I legitimately, I legitimately did this alone for the first year. So uh, it was interesting, you know. <laughs> That's when I realized I interesting. We're going to get yelled at later. <laughs> yeah, we are. It, it sounds oh, like yeah, it, I'm already it? planning that, but no, you're good. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, with that, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I appreciate all of you doing a great job tonight, having an awesome show. I thank you for it. Thank and, Dan, you give me one, one minute, Dan, please. I'd like to again plug yep. my show coming up this uh, this Sunday, The Uncensored Truth. 5 p.m. We're going to be talking about the subject of Amand Aubrey, the shooting that has happened, and how the media is spinning it into a big, giant racial racial uh, issue, which I really don't think it is. But uh, I hope people tune in, get some of the facts, and get some of the opinions on it, and learn what's going on with that. I hope to see you all on Sunday with that. I think we're going to go with, uh, what, 5 o'clock, Dan? Yep, well, 5 p.m. Eastern. Your time. So it'll be 6 o'clock Eastern. Five o'clock uh, uh, at, in Central, I think, where, where I'm at right now. I look forward to seeing everyone come, tuning into that one also. So thank you. I'm done. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And I'll be happy. I believe I'm joining you with that one. Yes, you are. So, and I'll also be publishing an article on theuncentertruth.net regarding the whole thing. I'll probably have that up either tomorrow or Saturday. And if people want to look into that, feel free. That's going to contain a lot of the information that I have about that I'm going to reveal during the show also. Very, very cool. Thank you all. Thank you again, Carrie, for running the boards. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Herbie. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I know she was on and off there quick, but uh, regardless, I appreciate everybody's work tonight. It was a great job, great show. And thank you all for joining us at Voice of People USA Radio. Again, this is the flagship, mothership, whatever you want to call it show, our three-hour extravaganza that we do every week. And we've been pretty consistent with that now for Quite a, quite a while, Mike, so I'm proud of us. <laughs> and uh, nevertheless, I want to drive everybody, remember, to visit VOPUSARadio.com. Please like our Facebook page, Voice of the People USA Radio. Give it a like. Give it a share when you do increase the numbers because Facebook has been shadow banning that page for about three years. So any help you can give, I'd appreciate it. Obviously, blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA. Spreaker.com slash VOPUSA Radio. Find us on Spotify, Voice of the People USA Radio. Find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, Voice of the People USA. Give that a like. Give it a follow. And with that, remember, Twitter, at VOPUSA Radio. I invite you all back here this Sunday for the launch of the Uncensored Truth. I look forward to that. And I look forward to joining you all again very soon. And, of course, we'll be back here next Thursday, same time. And next Wednesday with Carrie, same time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you all. Have a great night. God bless. This is Dan Spriglio signing off for the team of Voice of the People USA Radio.
And remember, check us out on Podbean. Good night, guys. Thank you for joining us. Check out our website, VOPUSARadio.com. Like our fan page, Voice of the People USA Radio on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at VOPUSA Radio. Find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple iTunes, Podbean, Google, Breaker, iHeartRadio, our YouTube channel, and everywhere else you find podcasts. Please follow us and subscribe to stay up to date on all of our upcoming episodes, podcasts, and specials. Until next time, always remember, your voice is your first line of defense against tyranny.